You've been very busy. You made your girl your CEO. You're giving away all your stuff. You, you let your friend fly away with your suit. Now, if I didn't know better... You don't know better. I didn't give it to him. He took it. Whoa, whoa, whoa. But no, he took it? You're Iron Man, and he just took it? The little brother walked in there, kicked your ass, and took your suit. Is that possible? Well, according to Mr. Stark's database security guidelines, there are redundancies to prevent unauthorized usage. What do you want from me? What do we want from you? No, uh, uh What do you want from me? You have become a problem, a problem I have to deal with. Contrary to your belief, you are not the center of my universe. Yeah, I, I have bigger problems than you in the Southwest region to deal with. Expect me to talk? Hello, and welcome to episode 121 of Do You Expect Us to Talk? I'm your host, Becca, and as always, joined by my cohorts. Chris and Dave, how are you guys doing? I want my bird. <laughs> I want my board. I won't do it without the board. We were just doing. We were just talking about that before we started recording. It was Becca's nan, to be fair, but beggars can't be choosers. <laughs> I want my bird. Yeah, yeah. That's like I'm, that's sure, I'm sure we'll get into that um, at some point. I've got some but... fun facts about that coming up at the end of the show. Yeah. <laughs> Dave sounds <laughs> thrilled. Ah, birds are shit, don't like them. Anyway, in case you didn't get the reference, this time we are reviewing Iron Man 2, starring Robert Downey Jr., Mickey Walk, Don Cheadle, Scarlett Hansen, Gwyneth Paltrow, Sam Rockwell, Gary Shandling, and Samuel L. Jackson, and many, many more. Score by John Debney, script by Justin Theroux, and directed by John Favreau, and released in 2010. Yeah, I didn't so, realise it was just Justin Theroux wrote this. Yeah. As yeah. In, as in, like, the actor Justin Fu, as in Louis' brother. Yeah. I had no they're idea he wrote scripts. Like, no, they're all sort of film TV oriented, because um, um, the other one, is it Marcel? Um, he's also, like, a journalist and writer as well. Yeah. So, you know, pretty brainy family. Yeah. Well, judging by the end result, I'm not so sure. But, yeah. <laughs> well, no, they're all kind of that way, that way inclined, which, which is quite good. So... I don't know, I, I quite... I enjoyed it, I know it's not amazing, but I enjoyed it more than the last Iron Man film. Really? Um, just The last, as in Iron Man 3. <laughs> as in the first one. <laughs> oh, okay. You liked it more than Iron Man? No, it's just, there's some parts, like the bits in the park, like really stand, it's just that scene is quite a good fight scene for me. But yeah, really? otherwise, you know, I think this, there was a lot of obviously studio influence in this film. Um, sort of, you know, wanted to build the world around it. Um, you know, much to the expense of like character plot development. Um, like for example, a lot of um, Mickey Walker scenes, like he complained that a lot of his stuff ended up on the cutting room floor, um, just really to kind of to, to advance the the idea of the you know Shield universe. Um, obviously, because you had you know the Avengers film coming up, so I, I think it's a bit of a shame. But I just like that that fight scene in the park. I think it's pretty cool. Right, I'm going to slaughter it when we get there. But no, the, 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 um, the first time I'm from is um, iconic, for sure. I think the the problem with this film um, 
is largely down to like its two villains, and it, it's I always feel like it, it's just a missed op- opportunity because there is actually really generally really potential with the ideas in, in in this film, but it just they just don't bring it together at all. Um, but I, what I will say it's about the, the 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 end fight scene. At least there's a an element of oh well there is it's not just. Iron Man punching something out, something like a slightly bigger Iron Man. Um, though there is that element there, uh, but you know the the whole idea of of um, Ro- of uh, Rhodey being like trapped in a suit that's actively attacking him is in itself like oh yeah, well that's something different. That's like uh, that is something of like, oh, okay. Well, how how are they going to get out of this one type thing? There is some extra thought thought into that other than like. Iron Man gets in a suit and then fights someone else just like him. You know, I mean, do, do you know what I mean? So th- there is something to that. Um, but I think a lot, a lot of the the stuff gets talked about is the is the fact that well, lot like the the, the story was uh, mishandled due to having to push like Avengers stuff in it, and I actually disagree. I I think the Avengers stuff doesn't have that much of an impact. I think the the problem in, in in the story is it just doesn't feel like it's fully complete. It's not fully visualised, and maybe that's down to like the Marvel stuff being pushed. They wanted to get that right first, and they didn't have enough time for everything else. Maybe, but as the film itself, I think the way they integrated uh, like a large universe with introducing Shield and all that is done rather well. It's just. The of the other stuff just doesn't quite come together, and it's such a shame. After the last film, which is pretty fucking tight, this is pretty fucking baggy. But I, I'll be lying if I wasn't I wasn't bored by any of it. It was it held my attention. I just wished it was better. Okay, Dave's um, gonna hate it now. He's gonna be like, oh, I fucking, <laughs> hate, fucking hate this film. Release all your vitriol for this film. Come on. I struggle to like almost anything about it. I yeah. think it's fucking dreadful. It's the the one thing that sort of part rescues it is there's a step up in charisma from last week, i.e. the incredible Hulk. We watched we watched this sort of Hollywood A lister as he now is and always should have been if it wasn't for his problems. Sort of really, really explode out of the screen with Iron Man. And then last week we watched this dour fucking plotless mess. And now it's a bit like the A-listers have all come back in again this week. So it is a bit like watching a, you know, if you watch this right after The Incredible Hulk, it was like that was the B-movie. So, um... On, so, so I've got I've got to give it that, but unfortunately, and there are reasons behind it, but Tony Stark's a fucking asshole in this film, so he's completely, completely unlikable. It reminds me of like Bond at its worst around the Die Another Day era where they were like stunt casting left, right and centre. Because on paper, I can sort I like Mickey Rourke, I like Sam Rockwell, both of them quite a lot. But it's about 12 months on from The Wrestler. So it's again, it's he's so hot right now sort of casting. Um, so I didn't really like, I didn't like either leading it. I don't, I've never found Sam Rockwell less engaging or likeable in anything. And I've always enjoyed him in most things. 
apart from his little alley shuffle on stage, which I found quite charming, I really fucking struggle with him in this film. It's unbearable. He, he does like to dance somewhere, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. Yeah. So I, I struggle with all of that. The Avengers stuff has got a little bit less irritating over the years, actually, now I look back on it. Chris is sort of right. It's not as bad as it appeared at the time, but it's still pretty bad. Marvel know how to do this now. Marvel know how to like tease what's coming. But this film was like... I mean, not only was it a big tease for the Avengers, but it, I almost felt like I was watching fucking Marvel negotiate salary with fucking um, Robert Downey Jr. on camera. I mean, at the end of the film where they're talking about having him as a consultant, that just sounded like, you know, don't ask for too much of a salary or we'll, or we'll make your part nice and small. They pulled the Anton Vanko stuff right out of their ass. Again, forgetting the fact we don't really know the comic. So that may have been a character. But again, in the context of the first film, this was a mess. They pulled out the whole creating a new element stuff. Again, right out their backside. Absolute mess. I, I, um, I'm still not sure of quite how he did that. It, well, it was a drawing of a park. Yeah. Anyway. I mean, right? I, I mean, he got the blueprint, so to speak. But like everything else, I'm like, okay. Um, it, th- there is just mm. things that they introduce, like the whole idea that like Tony basically on like a downward spiral now because he's actively dying, which you think would be addressed. Which explains in the why first he's film. an asshole. But it explains why he's an asshole. Yeah. But it doesn't. It doesn't mitigate the fact we're watching a lead who's an asshole. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah, like I this guy. In this film. He, he's, I don't like this guy. Why would I give a shit? He's behaving like a twat. And the whole thing's really, really, like, it feels rushed as well. I mean, it was two years after the last one, which they've been able to do. They've been able to do it with um, Captain America films and so on. But here it just feels like they had to come up with another one. So uh, what about if the suit's killing him? And what about if his dad worked with someone? And what about if it leads up to the Avengers? And, I mean, the whole thing, even when he went to Monaco, he's, he's, he's just a dick there completely. I never really bought the whole Vanco stuff. I mean, I'm going to shut up in a minute and we'll go through it as we go through it because I'm I'm struggling to sort of put it into a cohesive order what my problems are. But the whole fighting over his over his outfit, I didn't like. He goes to like a Senate hearing. He's an asshole at that. And, you know, there, there's the kernel of an idea there. The idea of, you know, if your armour can benefit your country... Do you owe it to your country? If your armor in the wrong hands could be a danger, do you owe your country? Yeah. All of that, like privatizing world peace. Like he might as well, you know, he might as well have turned up to that hearing pissed out of his skull, because of the way he behaved was was no different than just people just going in and arsing around. Yeah, I mean, I guess it depends. I mean, like if you like someone sticking it to the government, I suppose it can be satisfying. You know, it's but like, you know, it's it's got some more Samuel L. Jackson in it. We got to remember now. This is our first. This is our proper introduction to Nick Fury, uh, Scarlett Johansson. At the time, I again I thought was stunt casting, but she's been terrific through the films that I followed. So I'm glad we've got her here. She's this pretty decent here. It's like I can't, I can't imagine. And the film, yeah, it, and, and she never looked better either. You know, mm. she, she's played as a bit of a wet dream in this, and you can sort of see why. Um. You know, there there are things to like about it, but they're all in the small details. In the, in the broad scheme of it, this film is an absolute utter mess. And um, where we come to rank, I'm going to have to balance it when talking about versus the Incredible Hulk in terms of um, 
because the Incredible Hulk's a more cohesive film. There's a through line. It all makes a bit of sense to me. Um, but this has got some A-list charm in it, which actually kind of elevates it. But yeah, this is this is the the messiest Marvel film I can remember. Uh, it'll be interesting coming back to it, coming back to those that follow to see if any of the rest of them are as bad as this. Because at the moment, this is this is going to be fighting to stay off the bottom. I think it's dreadful. How how do you feel about uh, Don uh, Cheadle? As the new roadie, I wasn't that attached to the original one, so it didn't really matter yeah. to me. The only problem is they they really didn't even look alike, so you couldn't even sort of suspend disbelief. We will talk a little bit about that as I go through. Problem is, I'm, I'm normally very good at separating man from art, but I've read so much about Terence Howard over the years that isn't wildly flattering. Um, where everything you ever read about John T- John Cheadle is is really positive, and he, and he seems like a really good guy. Um, and he's done a lot of films since in this universe, so I'm, I'm perfectly happy. Wasn't that attached to the first one, so I don't care. Can't see Terence Howard in this universe now. Can't yeah. see him as Machine. I can't see him. He is, he is ready now, pretty much. I, yeah, well, I, I, is, I, but... I can I can kind of see Terence Howard like sort of as a bit more believable as pals with Downey Jr. Like, Who? sorry, Cheadle. Uh, no, uh, no, no, not not Cheadle. Uh, Howard. I can see Howard like. You know, them two as a pair, they kind of like match together to a degree a bit more than okay. uh, than Cheadle. But Cheadle's probably a more a uh, likable presence. So it's yeah. kind of like, it balances out, if you know what I mean. This is right in the middle of the era where where Marvel were perceived as a bit cheap. Um, I've got some quotes here about that. Harv- that Howard said about three years after they made the change. Um, he says that it turns out the person I helped become Iron Man. So he means Downey. When it was time to re-up for the second one, he took the money that was supposed to go to me and pushed me out. He said, uh, then he was asked, uh, the, the host said to him, the word was you wanted the same money as Downey. He says in reply, we did a three-picture deal, so that means you did the deal ahead of time. It was going to be a certain amount for the first one, a certain amount for the second one, a certain amount for the third. They came to me with the second and said, look, we'll pay you one-eighth of what we contractually had for you because we think the second one will be successful with or without you. I called my friend that helped get the first job and he didn't call me back for three months. Now, I'm not going to say that isn't true because I don't know. It might well be. I've got no reason to to believe him or not believe him over, um, over Downey. But I also know I've never read very much about Terence Howard. That makes him sound like a particularly laudable human being. So that could be an absolute load of shit, and it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, it's just one of those make, things that make you go, "Hmm," because it doesn't it doesn't sound completely bullshit. But you, you never know these things, do you? No, you never know. You never know. And again, if 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 he's saying uh, the bit that sounds exaggerated is where he says one eighth. Mm. So I'm I'm thinking, all right. So they they were going to pay you one eighth of what a man in that sort of second banana sort of role would get, and Don Cheadle said yes to that, did he? I find that a little bit dif- difficult to believe, but I'm not going to say he's lying. I'm just going to say that it, it was money, and I did hear a long time ago it was that they wanted to cut what they were going to pay him, but he claims in another article I read that he cut money off his. Salary the first time to help Downey to encourage to, to encourage them because they were going to. None of it really sounds particularly plausible, 
but I can't say none of it's true either. Mm. But it did add to the image because it was the very same year they got, or around the same time they got rid of um, Edward Norton. And you, you start thinking, well, may, maybe maybe it was just Marvel at that time. We know that the person Kevin Feige was reporting to at that time was cheap. So we'll see. I don't know. One day the truth will come out, I'm sure. There'll be stories of all of this. But I was happy enough with the change. It felt really jarring at the time because they just don't even look remotely alike. They're, they're a different physical build, different ethnicity, different everything. They just don't, they just don't look even remotely alike. But I wasn't particularly attached to Terrence Howard, so it didn't bother me. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, I just think the main weakness in this film, and what, what I really was disappointed with, was mostly the villains. And they just the, the villains just do not gel together to start with. When they do the double team thing, I for starters, Sam Rockwell isn't threatening at all. No, like he's you know, and and that's not like based on his performance. He's doing what he's been asked to do, but his character is just really poorly conceived. Yeah. Like his whole his whole character is basically a shit Tony Stark, and it's play for laughs. But there's no menace to. I mean, like, it 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 really doesn't make sense. Like the same guy who broke and faked the death of Mickey Rourke's character out of prison, like, which, which was is, staggeringly competent. Yeah, and it's yeah. kind of like you know, and and to be com- in, in completely incompetent for the rest of the film, like complete, and naive. The first scene is shit. You you or one of the first scenes of the film, you've got you've got Tony at a Senate hearing with. Uh, Justin Hammer there, and he breaks in and shows all these examples of Hammer tech failing. So you've immediately got this guy is just not a match for him. Without Vanko, and Vanko's not in the film that much really anyway. Well, so I mean, I mean, we don't even know like why Vanko is that bright either. Like he, he, I mean, he basically has like he has the knowledge of how to make the stuff. Fever second hand, and that's pretty much it. I mean, he has an there's, idea there's for like. No, there's no inherent genius, is he? He's no. just got his dad's work. Yeah, yeah. I mean, from, from what, what we told, I mean, he's not set up in, in, in that way. I mean, there is like the the powers of like the two sons kind of, you know, kind of thing coming together, and you know, it's. Which doesn't really work. Well, the, the film doesn't do much to make it work. I mean, it, there's And then, of course, there, but... at the end, I mean, but Becca just spoke highly of it, and she can obviously speak for herself when we get to the end of the film. But I don't like the park in the end, because, like, most of the drones are killed off with one fucking silly fucking throwaway move. Well, that move's pretty cool, though. I like the choreography of it. But yeah, I, it's also, all, it, I, I don't like how they drop down the cherry tree. That's, it's that's all right. Saying. It's all right. But as a fucking battle, he just went bang and just killed them. All. No, that's it. It's... And that's just a throwaway line at the end. But no, I think the choreography is pretty cool. And it's the first time that we kind of see the capabilities of, of that new seat. The design's so. nice. The design of the expo's quite nice. It's basically Epcot, though, isn't it? <laughs> but I mean, the the the, the, a bit. the whole. I mean, the whole the, the film's got problems from the very first scene, and we'll we'll come to it in a minute. But like the very first time, Tony opens his mouth and starts talking. I'm thinking, right, he's a real dick in this then. And he just was, and and you know, you can sell all the reasons you like, but we still got to be on this guy's side. And it's not until the very end of the film where he just kind of wakes up and you go, okay, maybe he's not so bad again now. Mm. We've never had this problem again since. I think there was supposed to be a hint of demon in a bottle with this. 
with the sort of playing on, you know, too much drinking and all the rest of it. Like the I get why. Thing. Yeah, but I mean, even even that was just, and it, it kind of all undermined it because I mean, he was getting his ass handed to him in the Mark II armor, which is just like, yeah, okay. So, you know, on the plus side, it kept the plate spinning. It kept the, you know, it, it does feel a lot more A-list than last week. It brought in Natasha Romanoff to the universe. Uh, it brought Nick Fury properly into the universe because we'd only had like a little teaser of him. Uh, we were introduced to Phil Coulson properly because, again, he was a bit throwaway in the first one. There were some positives to it. But uh, this is like, this is just, this is like watching Eon fuck up a Bond film. Where it's like, there's loads of silly stunt casting in it. And they haven't really worked out what they want to do, but there's a date to hit. And so uh, I have to say, in terms of cinema experiences, I remember being really excited for it. I remember going to see this. I can picture myself in the cinema that day. And it was like the first one had been so good. And there hadn't been any Marvel for a couple of years. And it was like, here we go now. There was talk of the Avengers now. Uh, and Mickey Rourke was in it, and Mickey Rourke had been in The Wrestler the previous year, had been Oscar-nominated for that, and I still think he was fucking robbed because he was great in that film. Uh, him and Marissa Tomei in that film. Absolutely outstanding, mm. the pair of them. Uh, and it's one Sam of the Rockwell, few... solid cast, you know, it's... Yeah. Thinking, okay. I mean, the, the, the Wrestler's one of the few Aronofsky films I can stand because I think that guy is painfully fucking pretentious, but I really like, I really like have, The Wrestler. Have, have you seen Mother? I've 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 avoid I avoid now. Yeah. I avoid now. He's that no seriously. He's that pretentious. I've been burnt. To no, him. no. If, you, if if yeah, like yeah, I was about to say, if you actually did see Mother, to be honest, you, it, to it, be it honest, wouldn't change your mind at all. To be honest, I'd have left him for Daniel Craig as well. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> um, well, he wouldn't. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I don't like him. I appreciate. I, I can appreciate there's some talent there, but the guy is so far up his own ass. I find his stuff unwatchable, mm. um, and I, I'm, I've given up now. I really fucking struggle with him. But the wrestler was pretty good, and Sam Rockwell, I love in everything. I mean, Moon was the previous year, and that was just such a fucking heartfelt human performance. And also, not every clone was identical, so you'd see some footage where it was like a slight variant of him and things like that. So I've loved him and everything, you know, even and even like comedy. I mean, he did, he did stuff like um, Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. He was mm. good at that, the film, wasn't he? Yeah, he was quite decent in that, I thought. Oh, he was I great. Was, I was, obviously, film, been a fan of the radio series and the books and the, and the TV show of the 80s and everything. And I, I was like, oh, that's quite interesting casting there. Mm. Um, but actually, no, he came off quite well. Yeah, I really, really liked him in it. So, I mean, you've got that. And then we knew there was expanded, expanded role for Nick Fury. So I thought that that would be really good as well. But you know he's been he's been good in loads of things, um, Rock, uh, Rockwell. And I say Mickey Rourke was sort of on an up, upswing, but again, casting him in hindsight is now a little bit suspicious. It is like casting Halle Berry in a Bond film. It is like oh he's so hot right now, um, and they've largely stopped doing that since Marvel just casting the fucking thing of the day. I mean they haven't they, they haven't done an Eon and cast Christoph Waltz at any point. You know what I mean? Um, so. I, I was really excited for it and it finished and it was like the first time I saw Avatar it finished and like the credit started and I turned to the person I was with and went that was shit and I was just so disappointed and I, I don't think I've ever been as I, I can't think of a time that I've gone to see a film with that much anticipation and been that let down in adulthood 
I mean, as a child, you're fucking really upset when you go and see something that lets you down or your teens. It wasn't like that. I walked in in an even mood and walked out in an, in an even mood, but I was really looking forward to it, and it was a massive letdown, and Marvel have never, ever let me down to the same degree again. There's been films that maybe on first viewing I didn't like as much. On first viewing, not necessarily still feel the same way about, but there wasn't the same anticipation. This is following Iron Man, which at the time was one of the finest superhero films ever made. And this this was like Spider-Man 3 bad, I thought. I really did. It, that, it didn't that, get quite that bad. It's that, much of a, it's, that much, it's that much of a disjointed mess. Yeah. Doesn't know what it's there to do. And, and it might as well just say, it might as well look to the, ca- the actors might as well look to the camera, wink and say the Avengers every fifth word. <laughs> You know, so it, it, you know, the the main problem though, the main problem is, I, I see what you're saying about the villains, and certainly they're not much of a threat beyond the Monaco sequence, which, in some respects, I wouldn't have minded if Tony had been fucking whipped in half because he was such an asshole by that point anyway. Um, but my biggest my biggest problem is the leading man is a dickhead, and you can you can there's only so much you yeah. can ever go with that. I'm, I'm what film with a guy thinking why would I support this guy followed him totally through the first film followed him totally through Iron Man 3 and I've got my problems with that film but uh, you know I followed him through the rest of this is just they've always got to balance the sort of slight asshole playboy with the growing you know the growing man and the, the growing sort of social responsibility that he's learning they've always got to balance and it's so far out of whack in this film it's not funny yeah, I mean, they do fail to really reach that sort of that human side, that kind of where he's distancing himself off because he, you know, I mean, it doesn't help that Pepper Potts is is a constant mood with him for obvious reasons, and it just everything everything just feels like one big downer for most of the film. They didn't even progress that. I mean, that that's another thing that you know. Spider-Man every fucking film we came back and uh, she was captured again and it was oh Mary Jane and we never really progressed it I mean they progressed it on paper in that right in this one they're getting engaged and all that but they never organically progressed it the, the whole Pepper Tony thing doesn't progress here in the way it should um, that's the one thing I don't like about this film and basically when you obviously they're in a relationship but like when he forces himself on her like towards the end it's just like no love no love that's not what you do mm. But yeah, that, that did piss me off quite a lot in this film, to be honest. Yeah, so, yeah, basically the whole thing pissed me off and I had a really shit viewing with it this time. Really shit. I just, I couldn't wait for it to finish. Was it the worst viewing you've had of it? No, the worst was the first because I, I went in with so much anticipation. This time I thought, I'd already watched it with the commentary, so I thought, I can go with this, it'll be all right. And for all we heard about Favreau being rushed and being unhappy... He betrays none of that in the special features at all. Um, you know, it looks to be made with all the same professionalism and enthusiasm of, as last time. So I was pretty confident that I would have an okay viewing. I, I knew it's going to be near the bottom of my rankings. I, I knew. But at the moment, it, it's fighting with the Hulk to stay off the bottom. And I'm going to have to watch some pretty shit films to come in below it. Cause this, We've got a this, really great film next week, so you're all right. <laughs> We've got a very cheap film next week. Very cheap film, but also I am hugely biased. Yeah, but how much of that is your fancy Chris Hemsworth? Because that <laughs> film is, is cheap and over serious. No, I, I, I do I'm, like it, I'm, I'm a huge defender of four. 
also just because of that's kind of a lot. I haven't read much of the comics, but that was kind of like my in. In its defence, Cat Dennings. How how was that defence? That's probably like the weakest. But I'm joking. But to each their own. It's fine. It's, no, it's all right. I'm not going to be too harsh on Thor at all, but it is, it is the worst of Phase, phase 1 and Marvel. And Ken Branagh. Cheapness. And likely director, Ken Branagh. Uh, I, 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 I disagree. I, I don't think it is that cheap. It, it, I think it looks really well. It looks, it's looks. it got some really yeah, nice... Yeah, it's budget. It does look... I mean... We are, we are jumping ahead. We are viewing like... Net, no, we've gone so far, we're just viewing yeah, Thor now. Saying, considering it's budget, it's budget's the fucking problem. It's made on well, fucking. It's made on fucking tuppence. Look at the town they're in, 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 in America. It's fucking like cheap as shit. It still, it still holds up, and you know it's one of the it most effects like, heavy films. It looks like Superman two. <laughs> uh, oh. Yeah, but it's a more it, yeah, but it suits it because the story itself is a bit more personal. It's a bit more about him and his brother. Exactly. Thank you, Chris. So it's you know it, I mean yeah you, you are Mar- right that Marvel like not, those things Marvel are Marvel not wanting to open their fucking wallet. Well, that's okay, what that, it is. that's fine. Like, but you got off in the first place. Okay, well that's fine, but that's like this is like a studio sort of progressing into something bit mm. bigger at the time. To a larger world, and they have it to got, like all right, okay. We, it we got take... to a point though where Fa- Feige threatened to quit. That's how that's how cheap they were. Right, yeah. Feige threatened to quit, and Thor is absolutely the worst offender. Where you just look at it and go, that's not good enough. So I mean, they 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 still had a decent effects budget because the Asgard stuff looks okay, but the stuff on Earth, I think you can't even be bothered to build a decent fucking town that looks pathetic. I, I, I'd really like to visit that town. I've watched. Um, I'd really like to visit that town. It looks kind of cool. All right. <laughs> <laughs> it, does, it does. It's like kind of like yeah. I would like the proper old American towns, which is like there's really small places in the middle of nowhere. Just like oh yeah, I'd like to. Hang out one of them. Yeah, but anyway, 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 we're reviewing for, and we should be reviewing. No, I, I don't get me wrong. I, I can't imagine I'll be too hard on Thor because it's got a, it's got a some decent fish out of water stuff in it, and it's okay. My biggest problem with that film is is probably after the budget, it's Natalie Portman, but we'll get to it. Um, she does the, give like really good fuck eyes to Chris Hemsworth, though. Oh no, I just think <laughs> like, Nat- Natalie Natalie Portman. That's a good look. Could, Natalie Portman might as well have a post-it on her head saying, I don't want to be here. Yeah. <laughs> I just think, why do you keep signing up for franchises when you clearly don't want to fucking do them? Mm. Um, go, go, Money! Yeah, yeah got to pay my bills, you know, all that shiz. Yeah. Great. She's better than Star Wars, anyway. She's better in it than she is in Star Wars, but I Yeah, that's what I mean. <laughs> yeah. But, no, I mean, as, as for this, uh, I think there was a general feeling of... of it was it was a letdown. I, mm. I do remember almost everyone I spoke to was like, "God, they can't stop wanking on about the Avengers." The public need to be sold on it rather than you just continually fucking mentioning it all the fucking time. Yeah. Um, I did feel a degree of them sort of trying to hide in plot the fact that they were in tough negotiations with Downey on on money. You know, we'll have you as a consultant. There's absolutely no reason for any of that other than trying to get the re- the audience ready for he may not be in it that much. And I just think, d- fucking keep your dirty laundry but, private, d- please. There was, there was almost like a little bit of like, like we're just forgetting about the Hulk movie because in, in that you had Downey sort of like, we're setting up a team. And then in this, you got like Nick, him and Nick Fury saying like, I don't want to be part of your little like Superboy group or whatever. 
He almost like so you went from like <laughs> you went from like recruiting, trying to recruit, trying to sort shit out, to like not even interested, don't want to know. I was like, well, what is it like? But you know, some of the actions in it's okay. I don't like the final action sequence at all. I'm with Becker on some to some degree. I think the the design of this film's really lovely. I think the design of the whole expo, although it's heavily, you know, World's Fair and all the rest of it, it it, it is used fairly nicely. Um. Even the sort of upgrades of the, the sort of outfits look pretty good. Mm. So there's, there's lots I like about it. The effects are pretty flawless for a studio we know don't exactly fucking spunk money everywhere at this stage. So there's there's lots of positives, but it is it is an utter mess. And I think if Marvel went and produced something of this standard now, I think people would be fucking furious. Actually, if they produ- if they produced something like this now, where they they were cut where the film was just an utter mess. Oh yeah, the leading man was an asshole. The villains were no threat, um, and they were constantly spending the film to promote another film. I think now it would be yeah that that. Oh not... oh yeah yeah you're absolutely right because back then this was still like a new thing so I yeah think... it was still very much I think yeah by by today's standards um, audience would be up in arms but yeah. yeah back then it was still very much new and they were dis- they were disappointed at the time but Marvel were on a learning curve so I'm not slaughtering Marvel I think this is this is just this is the sort of mistake you do make early and we've seen DC do this even worse you know what I mean like mm. trying to promote the next film and yeah it, it it is a it is a terrible mess but um it's not a worthless mess it's a good looking mess and it's got tons of star power in it which which really does help because what we watched last week was drab and uh this is never drab is it no no it's, it it does look nice um i i must admit and you know it it does move okay there are some scenes that i just think okay you're kind of dragging this along a bit too much it's not not really boring no which i think is probably like the worst thing you could do in a superhero film is be boring yeah so you know it it, when when i when i slaughter this film i'm slaughtering compared to other marvel and i'm holding it to the standard of the first iron man really i think that that's a lot of the problem but it isn't like a fantastic four fucking bad you know, it, it's not like other big budget. It's not Batman and Robin bad or anything like that. So, it you know, it's it's largely competent, but it just feels rushed and it feels like we need a sequel. What do we do in it? Rather than any feeling that they had some great ideas. Mm. I, I, I think they probably had a, a good film in their head, but it they just hadn't finished it. Mm. Uh, so much meddling I, going on by the studio. Possibly. I mean, it could just that could back down feed that them somehow just kind of come together. And it's like, oh shit, we got to film it now. So let's just try and bash together whatever ideas we've got. Um, yeah, it's pity as hell because I really, I really thought like this film would was going to be all whiplash after the start, hmm. and then he's hardly in it. A few scenes later, you see him, and you're like, oh yeah, whiplash. <laughs> you know well, I mean? he spends most of the film locked away. Just pissing Sam Watwell off. Yeah. Without making any sense, being very vague, almost like, oh my, yeah, I get it, it's funny, oh, I get it as a, as a joke, but when it's one villain knocking the other villain in, in the film, it doesn't quite work so well. You want them to be like, almost like a threat to Tony, and you never really yeah. feel like they generally are. You know, like when they reveal the, the drones at the end. You think like, well, that's just really uninspired. 
Yeah, they'll just be they'll they'll they'll, they'll, they'll they remind you. They'll, they'll just they 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 basically will be just cannon fodder for for the start when he when he goes to fight him. Literally. Their episode, I mean, they look a bit hardier than, but they're they're episode one dro- drones, dro- you yeah. know, uh, droids rather. If you look at episode one, where you could just cut them through them like a knife through butter, I thought, well, they're going to be like that. And frankly, it was just weight of numbers. Anytime Tony like focused on any individual one of them, he blew them away with one repulsor blast. Mm. You know, they none of them were, were difficult. There were just quite a few of them. That's all. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that that you're right. The villains are a problem, and I've never found. I've never been. I've always been a big Sam Rockwell fan. I honestly think Sam Rockwell could do almost anything. And I came out of this film thinking I fucking really didn't like him in that. Yeah, um, I, I don't think it's necessarily his fault. I mean, he's, he's I don't think it's his fault it's, at it's, all. It's, um, it's almost like a shame because I almost kind of wished they bring his character back so they can do him right this time. Though I think that 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 that's now gone. Now I think no, mm. it's too too late now to even try. But um, it is just such a shame because what they should have done with him. They should have. They should have made him like, even though he's kind of similar to um, Jeff Bridges, but he should be like the dark part. So like almost like the like his um, polar opposite is bizarro version of Tony. And the thing, and what what they kind of get right with him is the fact that he re- he's really bothered by the fact that Tony is actually better than him. Like he's smarter. He's he's more yeah. of a genius. But he, but he should be more conniving, more willing to sort of like do dirty shit, and be and do trade with other like with anyone basically, and sort of and be un- undermine him that way, and be more conniving. There would be act be an act. I do, I, you do, you do think? Well, you've got a guy there. I mean, Mickey Rourke's always a bit intimidating, mm. but all all he has is his father's legacy, i.e. Doesn't I can't see where his genius is. He's just got his father's knowledge, plans mm. and stuff. So he's Tony three years before, if you like, in that Tony's moved on from that and developed the suit and developed the art re- reactor. So that's already putting him behind. And then you've got Justin Hammer, who even in Monaco is basically taking on Tony's sloppy seconds. He, the, the film is telling us he's an inferior Tony. Well, how much of a threat is that going to be? And consequently, when we get to the film, Tony wins easily. As soon as he's back together, you know, got it, got it sorted. It's not that hard. And the film was such an anticlimax. This Whiplash character I was hearing was like quite a major antagonist for Iron Man. He was beaten dead easy. Wasn't that hard? I mean, I think what what they were going for is uh, he got him by building the relationship back trust with Rhodey again. I yes. think that's probably what they were going for, but you are right. It does, it, you know, the film fails to kind of make those points really known to you. You mean, I mean, I, I am, well, I wouldn't say stretching, but I do have to think about it. It's, it doesn't come easy. I do have to like, right, okay, what were they going for it to really come to that conclusion? Even then, it doesn't do it very well. well so. Absolutely. So anyway, should we talk about Iron Man 2 sequentially? Let's go for it. Um, go. So we actually start off, there was a there was a deleted scene, which we'll come to in a minute. This film was going to sort of start in a different place. It actually starts with um, uh, the press conference from the first film and Vanko watching it, doesn't it? Mm. 
yeah, you hear Tony echo, like, basically the end of Iron Man echo through the title. And it's on the TV in the background as um, Ivan Venko. Or, or I keep wanting to sit, or sort of compare him to, like, Drago from Rocky Four. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's supposed to be the yeah, level of threat. So we've got him sort of building something and having plans and mm. his, father, his father's died. And yeah, he, that... he does the stereotypical sort of like, like yell in pain, like when his father dies. I know, I, know, I hated that. It's like can't anyone involved in filmmaking has seen a lot of films. You know what I mean? They're mm. film people. You think, come on, you've seen that before, haven't you? Come on, don't don't do that. That's so obvious. But, but yeah, the thing is, um, here's the thing, and it's a it's a proper movie thing. But no one ever does that. That very rarely happens when it's just like that. You, you get people like in tears or they react different ways, but they don't, don't like hand up, out an eventual. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't imagine like you know in a hospital or something, doctors go up and say, "I'm sorry, we did everything we could," and then they howl at the sky. Why? Yeah. <laughs> damn you! Damn you to hell! Yeah. I know. yeah. So, I, the, the, I mean, honestly, scientifically, the only people that ever do that are Mel Gibson and Wolverine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, I didn't like that too much. It was fine. Then we, we, what confused me slightly was all the trailers went with the alternate opening because the alternate opening was going to be Tony being sick on the plane before he jumped off it, which was supposed to be a clue he was ill. Mm. But then the bit from the trailer was, um, how can I put this without sounding dirty? Because it doesn't sound right in my head. Oh, yeah, yeah. He wanted to Pepper kisses his helmet. Kisses, kisses his helmet and then tosses it off. <laughs> yeah, in the, that was what happened in the trailer. She had the Iron Man helmet in her hand, kissed He's, it. He said kiss for luck, because she's like, basically, she's yeah. She kisses she the helmet, kisses, she kisses the then throws it off the plane and he jumps after it's it. Like, you completely... They, they didn't go with that, did they? They no. just went with him sort of sort of stood waiting and then jumping off to... Um, was it's it ACDC, wasn't it? Yeah. Uh, shoot to Thrill. Yeah. Which hopefully will be on the start of this episode if it gets past YouTube. Yeah. Um, I quite liked all of that. But again, it, and it, nice visuals of him sort of flying down mm-hmm. you know, towards the city and all the rest of it. And then he landed to a big roar, and I liked all that, and then the, the sort of suit being stripped off him. But my first thought was, oh, God, this is all my worries at the end of the first one. Because I was worried at the first one. I was like, oh, God, what are they going to do? Have him be a fucking celebrity now. And here we are in Iron Man 2, and he starts talking, and they, you know, they've got women dancing with like the arc reactor light on their chests. And I thought, oh, fuck, a celebrity superhero. This is going to be awful. And then he opened his mouth and boasted like a twat for five minutes. And I just thought this was awful. Yeah. Visually, yeah, he, he, great he, until he started talking. He is... I guess there, there is always an element of, like, well, Tony's got an ego, but no, but this now it's like an ego with a, a genuine purpose. Yeah. Uh, but obviously what happens when you're... I mean, the film could seem... Would, Touching this probably a bit more, but like the fact that you know now he's got this heightened celebrity aspect to him now, it's all going to his head and he's losing who like who he was. But the film 
doesn't really address that too much. No, because in the scenes that follow, we're still supposed to see him as having a completely defensible point of view. Mm. Not not you're being an arrogant dick. Yeah. Or or at least they meld the two so uncomfortably that we're not supposed sure what we're supposed to think. Mm. I mean, we'll come we'll come to the sort of Senate. I'm saying the Senate. But he's talking to a senator. Um, that whole hearing thing, which we'll come to in a minute, you're supposed to sort of believe the substance of what he's saying, but he's behaving like a dick. And I don't know if the film is telling us he's an asshole, or just look at good look at good old Tony holding court. Yeah, I think it is more that it's more the fact that he's just enjoy he's just like enjoying himself or kind of doing the the doing the bond thing of like uh, never let never let him see you bleed. Yeah. Thing so like sort of acting like you don't give a shit and just being like being really um obnoxious to kind of like just to piss them off just cuz like well I'm not going to fucking see see me sweat or see or see me ill. I'll, yeah. ma- I'll make myself look weak. I'm going to do like the exact opposite. Um but I do yeah. get what you're saying though about like because again it's the film's fault by not establishing these subtle things that make you go like yeah, I can see like the sh- in the struggle in him because that you know I mean, you, you can see you can watch films and root for guys who are actively ac- acting like pricks because you understand what they're going through you understand Michael, why what, do you think? what did you make of all this yeah it's a little bit on the ridiculous side <laughs> but you know I, I totally get the idea about how basically um, Sam Rockwell's character is just yeah, he's kind of meant to be like the antithesis to, to Stark, and it's just like falls flat on his face, really. Mm. There's so much in this where you can see the germ of an idea. It's like the expo; he gets like a little bit of his father talking, mm. which is great because I, I just you know, feel I, like I, that that was pure Disney. Like his father just comes across as like a Walt Disney type character, it's and, very the, like and the expo that, feels like Disney one, like Epcot. It feels like that kind of similar. Mm. Yeah, but I think it's I think it's meant to, and I'm kind of cool with that actually, and I like that actor anyway. Mm. But um, I, I think it's supposed to be living up to his father, you know, his father's dreams, you know, and he can finally match up to his dad. I think that there are ideas in here; they're just not really done very well. Mm. Um, after he announces all that, there's going to be this sort of expo for the next year or whatever it is. Uh, they chose Queens because apparently that. The view over that uh, is where um, John Favreau grew up. He grew up in an apartment there. Um, but yeah, we have him test his blood, don't we? Yeah, and just this, backstage, this... with uh, constantly sort of like uh, something toxic, toxicity at a certain percent. That made me laugh. That just made me laugh. It reminded you me. You have of to kind of think mm, science, not really. Yeah. Twenty-three percent. What does that fucking mean? I know, but the thing, what made like like later on in the film, I think quite not even halfway through, but it gets to something like fifty odd percent. It's fifty-six the next time. Yeah, and look, I'm no medical expert, you know. Though I, pro- I probably you probably have... will be soon. I'm sure you are. Well, no, I won't be anywhere near a medical expert. Yeah, but but... Chris, we humor you know becca doesn't understand okay. the difference between okay. brain surgery and well, okay well yeah i'm, 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 te- <laughs> I do, don't worry. I'm, I'm close yeah. to being technically a doctor right uh yeah well exactly <laughs> so, but... head of complicated you're no medical surgery. expert but you are doing a nursing degree <laughs> but basically right um i'm pretty certain that if your blood's a, a toxicity of 
50% or whatever that is, you probably wouldn't be walking around like he is. Yeah, you'd probably be very poorly, wouldn't you? Yeah, you might not even be alive, Becca. I don't, mm. I don't want to be that. Might be dead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I saw that and kind of thought, oh, movie science here fails again. Now, I'm sure being Tony Stark, he probably built it himself, but I'm just imagining going into a chemist, like a pharmacy, and saying, have you got a blood toxicity measurer, please? <laughs> An LED one, brilliant. <laughs> yeah, here we go. Here's the little stylus thing you poke into your skin. Great. Ooh, 22%. Brilliant, thanks. <laughs> it just seems so pathetic. So what, what is this meant to be, then? Is this meant to be, like, essentially the the the, the, the arc reactor or that, that is in his chest is actually uses poisoning? Pal- it, uses, it uses palladium, and that's poisoning his body. Right, so he needs to find something else yeah. to power it that doesn't poison his body. Yeah. Got then it. he's... Yeah, that's right. And he's, that was always quite clear to me. I mean, I, d- I do think it's badly mm. told. I mean, even even down to the sort of snaking lines coming out across his chest, I think looks shit. But, you know, all right, it's okay. Uh, and then he's basically subpoenaed to go to uh, a Senate hearing. By, um, by uh, what's, her, what's her face? One of the uh, Mara sisters. Uh, Kate Mara. Yeah, Kate Mara. I was the, one who, the one who was in House of Cards. Yeah. Um, there's, there's, and, there's quite a few cameos in there. Is there Olivia Munn as a reporter? Mm. She's there. There are deleted scenes with her in it and stuff like that. With, um, with the sort of um, um, what they called repulsors on and stuff like that. Yeah, um, Olivia Munn, who Brett Ratner told a load of lies about what an asshole he was. Um, yeah, so we go straight to the Senate hearing. And they're all right. The problem is they've cast Gary Shandling here, the late Gary Shandling now, who we'll find more out about during some Civil of the War. later films. It's not so. It's the Winter Soldier, yes, isn't it? Sorry, yes, you're right. Sorry. Yeah, like, um, there's, there's a clue there in the name. Which name? The Winter Soldier. <laughs> He's not the Winter Soldier. Though. No, I know, but that's you know. Oh, never mind. I wonder why he had a vibranium arm. Uh, <laughs> yeah, okay. Um, but the the senator's a really unlikable character. Tony's a really unlikable character. And a certain percentage away through the inter, inter, interview, they they introduce Justin Hammer, Hammer, who's a terrible, a terribly unlikable character. And I'm sat here wondering who I'm supposed to root for. <laughs> everyone in this film, with the exception, everyone in this scene, with the exception of Rhodey, is a twat. Rhodey's all yeah. right. Quite a nice. I like that. They do kind of announce because he comes in and he said, "It's me. Get over it." Little nod to the fact that it's not who you were expecting. See, it's not Terrence Howard. Yeah. Um... But they're basically they're basically saying this technology is going to be copied. Yeah. Um, and it's it's a weapon. And, you know, we're trusting you to protect us. Because he is talking about, I've brought world peace and things like yeah. that, which seems a bit extreme. I can't imagine one suit would bring world peace, but there you go. Um, so all of that just seems a bit much. And Justin Hammer is sort of given sort of evident roadie is is forced to read his own quotes out of context mm. which basically 
out of context of basically saying it is a clear and present danger. And you've got Hammer... But it misses out the however bit, you know. like Yeah, yeah, which he forces in, he forces in even though they're trying to shut him down like yeah. they're lawyers or something. Um, and while Hammer's trying to speak, Tony basically hacks the system and starts um, showing footage of like various Hammer tech failing. And he's yeah, basically, ba- basically said, him well, trying to go into like places like North, like North Korea and like and trying to Iran. Yeah, and with, with these like try and make similar type sort of technology. Yeah, and he um, says, you know, me and the suit are indivisible, which turns out to be shat on in later films as an idea. But um, his argument seems to be, if that's as far as they've got, you've got nothing to worry about. Mm. Well, plenty of nations in the world have had goes at building like nuclear weapons. They may not immediately succeed. The very fact they're working on it is the problem. This tech has got a certain distance. The fact it hasn't got as far as Tony Stark's version doesn't sell me there's no danger. So actually, I'm kind of with the government here a little bit. I'm not saying they should be able to subpoena the suit. That's a, that's a completely different argument. Mm. But the idea, Tony's argument that like there's nothing to worry about is fatuous. Yeah, they're kind of like showing like the fact that the um, the suits are just completely just failing, like the other suits, the, the, other, the other what the other people are trying to catch up in, saying, look, in the day, I'm I'm like the superior model, so I'm always gonna. This is always gonna be better. Than whatever that they're gonna come up with, you know, he sort of always brings up the fact that no one's gonna sort of step up to me on my best day. Like no one's gonna. Which I hated me. when he said that at the ex. ex- yeah, 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 yeah. It's just full of arrogance, but. Um, but, but effectively, he refuses and walked out. Walks out, and uh, yeah, yeah. Stone, I mean, thinks, it, Stone, I mean, calls, yeah, it's, Stone, it's, I think Stone does call him an asshole or something. Yeah, <laughs> he does say and he's right. Him. But yeah. then, then so so is he. He's an he's an asshole too. I mean, like I mean, I wouldn't yeah, really yeah. Tr- trust. And as we turn out quite rightly, so we wouldn't really trust like the suit in the hands of like the government and themselves anyway, because they boys. No, I, to... I, I I get that point, but Tony's argument is like, don't worry, it's all safe, and it's like, well, no, that that yeah, argument really is not carrying water. They've got a certain distance in only a few months. We're six months on from the events of the first film. Six months. I know the film's two years on, and we'll talk. We'll try to avoid timeline a little bit through this series. We'll we'll mention it when it's relevant, but you can tie yourself in knots trying to work out when things are. So we'll go kind of the Bond angle that they're kind of they're set in the year they're released, but it doesn't mean that they're the same distance in time from the first film. If you if that makes sense. So yeah. we're two years on from the first film. But Iron Man did take place in 2008, and this is 2010, so it's kind of a shift in timeline, if you like. But if, just ignoring that for a minute, we know that we are six months on from that speech at the end where he said, I am Iron Man. Six months on, Iran and North Korea have already got that far. And he's going, you've got nothing to worry about. Well, if that's how far they've got after six months, you've got plenty to fucking worry about. Yeah, that's 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 that's
basically. Yeah. Um, Which, you know, I see his point, but he could be less of a dick about it. Yeah. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, yeah. Like, it, had he gone in a bit more humble, which is not really the character, so I'm not arguing he should have, but there are ways to put across what he was trying to say. Like, like dicked around at first, but then, like, at the end, look, when he, when he come to make, make his point, say, look, no yeah. bullshit. This is the situation. Yeah. This is how I see it. Hand you on know. heart now. Tell yeah. me straight. But he didn't. He swaggered out like an yeah, asshole yeah. at the end, throwing, like, V signs to the camera and stuff. <laughs> absolutely, absolute twat in this film. Yeah. Um, and it, it's a problem. It really, really is a problem. It's got plotting problems, it's got villain problems, but the main problem for me is the leading man's a twat. Yeah. That, that's a big issue when you're supposed to be going with them. Oh, yeah, totally. I totally get that. Totally. Uh, what's the next thing? He goes back and he's talking to Jarvis and they're talking about the suit, and I think uh, Pepper. He has some time with Pepper. Yeah. And Pepper's, like, stressed out with basically sort of running the entire company uh, almost like mm. almost out of hand he goes like well why don't you do it officially you know actually that's a good idea and it's yeah. like okay so he makes a CEO yeah which makes There's sense a, it's quite a long scene for them to get to that but that's the gist yeah um, and I think the very next scene is them signing for that they've got to get like a notary there mm. to have them sign over the company to Pepper and Tony's training with Happy. Like, kind of boxing, isn't it? Yeah. And, and the know. notary, the notary is Natalie Rushman. Wink, which, wink, nod, wink, nod. Wink, nod, 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 say no more. Yeah. Could you? Yeah, they rang up and said, "Could you send a wet dream from legal, please?" <laughs> I, mean, I do. I do like that. Like, I mean, is is another thing. Gwyneth Paltrow is actually quite charming in this with with Tony Stark. With yeah, she's always been good. I mean, I've always lumped her in with like the Natalie Portmans that they don't really like franchise filmmaking. But a, she's still turning up in these films, mm. albeit very minor. Smaller, yeah, yeah, but. She's always been really likable in them, I think. And 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 there is like an element of levity when she's like, uh, "I see, she's a lawsuit waiting to happen." Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, because he says, "I want one." Yeah, yeah, which is kind of all right. That that's very Tony behaviour, anyway. Um, and then he she basically adds a little a little fight with the happy and like knocks him out. Yeah. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! Have you uh, have you done boxing before? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which mm. we probably no, you know, now now know. Obviously, is like yeah, I've done all shit, all sorts. But um, yeah. but yeah, the bit basically like you know they figure out she she knows Latin and does all you know does got some really exotic uh, photo shoots for someone who's meant to be like professional. <laughs> he looks yeah, he looks her up. You know, it's like who's that new person in my legal department? And it's all glamour shoots. It's like, what? It's like CV uh, and oh, here's a here's a bunch of modelling shoes. Yeah, I mean, my CV does not come with a picture of me like bending over and pouting. <laughs> Honestly, or, or, or doing like a men's catalogue. Yeah. <laughs> I say that to anyone listening who wants to offer me a job. That's not a fear you need have. But I'll send in my CV with a picture of me bending over and pouting. 
Although, if you if you can talk... photo of you pouting rather than bending over. Although that is a Patreon level we're considering. <laughs> <laughs> At fifty quid level. <laughs> All right. So where did we go then? Monaco, isn't it? Yeah, pretty much. It, it or, does... have, have we had the cinema? Have we had the uh, uh, jail breakout yet? No, because he's not been rested yet, has he? Oh no! Yeah, he's got to do something wrong first. <laughs> doesn't he? Damn these films! They're they labyrinthy plots. <laughs> they didn't just decide to preemptively. <laughs> they basically minority reported him. Like, why are you going to do something? Premeditated. So you're saying they haven't broken Vanko out of prison yet? on the basis that he hasn't committed any crimes or been put in prison. Yeah. Well, that's just fucking nitpicking. That's a foothold. In my opinion, yeah. I mean, they hired him to play a character called Whiplash. They must have realised he was going to be a bit dodgy. Must realised he was going to be a villainous character. I know. All right, so Monaco's next, isn't it? Yeah. I was trying to work out, there is a, there is a sort of classic Monaco event with about eight categories in it of races. You can look it up. There's some Formula One cars from a certain era, and then there's some Formula One cars from another era, and then there's Formula Three cars from a certain era. I don't know what class of car this is meant to be. I don't recognize them as Formula One cars, although they're kind of a bit influenced by that. Yeah, they're going, they're, Stark Industries is sponsoring a car and driver in the sort of classic, the Monaco Classic Grand Prix event. Mm. Um Again, quite nicely done this, because I don't think most of them went to Monaco. All the sort of stunt doubles and went went over there. They took a load of plates there and then filmed, filmed most of it in California. And you can't tell. It's really well yeah. done. And, yeah, so he gets to the table. They meet Elon Musk briefly. I was like, oh, shit, I didn't realise he was in the book. And then... Elon um, Musk, you know. And, yeah, and you have um, Justin, Justin Hammers there. With With the... With the reporter Tony yeah. slept with in the first film. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we we must say also Tony has you know it has commented on like being a bit of a germaphobe, so he's dead conscious about getting ill. So I think it's part and parcel of him being like getting like you no know, blood toxicity or something like that. Uh, yeah. I imagine, but yeah, he's um, basically just being a bit. Don't really want to deal deal with like. Sam Rockwell please. Thank I you know he's, he's going. This is awful. <laughs> Things like that. He's always like cringing. Like, oh, don't leave me this guy. Oh, I know. And he's like faced with someone like someone who he has shag with. Before. It's Pepper like, yeah. oh, next to him. Yeah. He knows it, and they're kind of semi together. And yeah. So yeah, it is this a, is bit... a bit awkward. Um... Yeah. yeah. This is basically a feature length. You know, the wedding scene from Four Weddings, where like Hugh Grant has to sit at a table with all the women he shagged. <laughs> it's a bit like that. Um, yeah. Um, uh, then Tony. So you're actually... saying he shagged Justin Hammer as well? Mm, possibly. No. Okay. <laughs> so uh, Tony then suddenly decides, and again, I think on paper I understand the decisions he's making. Because he, he he gets his blood toxicity again. I think this is when it is at like fifty six percent or something, and it and it's spreading all over his chest, and then he decides he's going to drive the car. Mm. And I think on paper we're supposed to understand that it's like it's a fuck it. I may be dead tomorrow at this rate, mm. 
But again, in practice, it comes off as like idiotic. I mean, firstly, <laughs> it's a race. You've normally got to do a little bit of practice and stuff before you just jump in a car. Uh, secondly, what about the other fucking driver? And thirdly, I don't think we understand Tony's decisions. I think on paper we get it, but we end up being almost against him rather than with him. Because when I first saw this, I was like, yeah, I can understand wanting to drive a car around Monaco, but he's being a twat there. Mm. Whereas I think we should be a little bit with him, like you are with Bond when it's done right. When you go, you know, when he's got that fuck it, I might die tomorrow attitude. Yeah. Um, doesn't doesn't really work here, but yeah, he just he just basically kicks the driver out of the race and jumps in the car himself. Um, oh, it might be also the fact that he just wants to fucking get out of that situation. Yeah. So he's like, fuck it, I'm just gonna fucking drive race yeah. now. Uh, so he jumps in the car, he's racing around, and then Ivan Vanko, freshly released for a crime he hasn't committed. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is one of the poorest effects in the film, and the film's effects are really good. Mm. But when his suit burns off him, that looks terrible. I think that's probably one of the poorest effects in the film, unfortunately for me. Generally, they're okay, obviously, given the year and, and the budget. But yeah, I, I do think that's... I was really astonished. I was like, really? Yeah, so, it didn't look very good, did it? I remember kind of going to see it at the cinema and was all wincing slightly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I was sort of like, obviously watching it again for, for this review and was like, oh. Okay. It's not very good. I haven't said that. Apart from that, the rest of them are fine, yeah. but this one stands yeah. out. I don't know why it, it just stands out as, oh, ouch. Yeah. I was trying to work out the, where they were on the Monaco circuit all the time. It broadly hangs together, because I know the Monaco circuit really well. Um, it's quite iconic, isn't it? I remember um, my dad went on holiday there um, on, on a cruise, and it's not so many photos. I think it was just before a race at the time. Um and I was like, oh, just, you know, <laughs> obviously a really iconic track. So I think yeah. it's pretty cool. It is, and it's virtually unchanged. I mean, it's, it's been yeah, on, it's, it's, it's on Canada forever. The, the circuit also, just doesn't change. They shot Goldeneye there? Uh, well, they shot part of Goldeneye, oh, yeah. yeah. There. Well, Casino Square, yeah. Yes, literally just outside. So yeah. I was like, oh. I went there when I was about nine, and I remember part of the circuit and the park there and all the rest of it. Um would love to go again, but it's, uh, yeah. It broadly, broadly, it broadly hangs together pretty well, the sort of geography of it, more or less. A couple of bits where I thought you wouldn't. Yeah, a couple of times I thought you wouldn't get there that quickly and stuff like that, but it hangs together all right. Um, So Vanko basically um, is posing as a steward or a security or something like that. Yeah, he's kind of like a mechanic, one of them people. in Race crew, sorry. I think so. Anyway, um, so he's he's basically got these sort of energy whips, hmm. and uh, he basically whips right through a car, doesn't he? Hmm. Uh, and then that sets Happy and Pepper sort of rushing up in like their Rolls Royce or whatever it is to deliver this briefcase to Tony, and he's at the same time Vanko's kind of trying to destroy it with his whips. What did we think of this? Because the only bit I liked of any of this was the suit going on. The briefcase is the Mark V armour. It basically forms around him as a kind of almost interim set of armour, doesn't it? Yeah. Love that visual, and it was all in all the trailers. 
the action that follows it is a bit so what? Well, yeah, I mean... But what, then I suppose what's his plan? I mean, it's... like his plan is what to kill Tony, and then when he doesn't kill Tony, he's there laughing away as if he's like, "Ha I've won." I... Yeah, and he's taken directly into custody. Yeah, because this film has the stupid idea that you don't get arrested until you commit the fucking crime. <laughs> <laughs> Bell ends. <laughs> yeah. Um... It, what a shit plan this was. I, I mean, will look, avenge my father, who has been cut out of the Stark family fortune by committing a crime publicly and on camera and then being taken straight into custody. But That's had this happens. been sold as, like, just a straight up, I'm really pissed, I'm just, I'm just like, gonna, I just want to kill Stark. That's all I want to do. Nothing, nothing like more, um... No, it's just no, a, revenge like, of the most base type. I'm yeah, just, just like it. just just like no, and then and then and then the plot develops after that. Then fine, but like, like what's really going on? We don't really know, and and the action itself is a bit okay. I mean, it won't mind so much, but this is like the the most major sequence we get until the end of the film. Like the only other action sequence we get now, in between this and the end of the film, is it's a start dance fighting Rhodey drunk, <laughs> which is almost like a comedic set piece almost. Yeah. So it's it's a disappointing because I mean he puts on the outfit. The first thing he does is like kick a kick the yeah um, the car away car away, and that's about it really. It's like great. Yeah, he he almost gets he gets. Almost gets beaten up to an extent by by the whips, and then he just pulls him in, just punches, and then just like flips him over. Mm. <laughs> then done, because he isn't in a suit at all. Really, he's just got like powered whips. Yeah. Uh, then he goes to see him in prison, or kind of in the holding cells anyway. Mm. Uh, and Vanko sort of, you know, tries to be all like menacing with what's it like to be a dead man. Must know he must know the Palladium's killing him. He must have worked that out, or it must yeah. be in the research somewhere. Which is incredible because, like, his father's died. He's poured over the research and worked this out, and Tony hasn't. Tony, we it, there was nothing in the first film that told us like this was there was any danger in this. This has been pulled out of their ass mm. from either an old comic, I'm guessing, or they've just thought of this between the two films, and it it does feel like a convenience. So what have we got now? The breakout's pretty good, isn't it? Yeah, I mean it was it's somewhat well shining moment. So this is like the breakout, before, you know, after he's committed the crime. I know the fucking amateurs. Um, I know. They just don't know how the world works. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean it, it's pretty nicely done. He gets um, he gets a kind of guy who's. who's Kind of looks similar, similar build, similar hair, like you know, with tattoos. We're wearing the same like number, yeah. And it's and it's like, oh, okay. And then basically knocks him out. And then someone comes in with C four, so he just kind of like, oh, okay, I'll just go along with this. And then um, lets himself out and sorts on out of there almost. Well, he doesn't. He sort of kills kills a guard and then for. Walking away from explosion without looking 
like yeah, like all cool probably. guys do. Yeah. And um, which has been done to death. That was cliched by 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 now. To be fair. Yeah. Um, he, and he, then, even, he even does that like, that thing where he sort of wipes something off his shoulder as he's doing it. Yeah. Which and I was like, what exactly are you wiping off your shoulder? I don't know. <laughs> he's in prison. Come. <laughs> oh, nice. <laughs> okay. Um, so yeah, he's he's taken to Hammer, who's sat kind of in an aircraft hangar. Yeah. Having dinner by side the plane, just all right, whatever. See, it does look very grand villain. I do like that sort of setting. It would look great in a comic book panel. It looks all right here as well, to be fair. Yeah, I, yeah, I would agree with you, Chris. Though it does look really good. Like it, it is almost like it's almost like Bond villain esque as well. It's like yeah. right, we've got a plane, we're ready to go, but we're having fucking dinner. Come and sit down. Let me chat about my evil plan. Yeah, let me tell you about my plan, Mister Bond. Mm. As we. But, Eat this delicious meal. Yeah. But um, the evil plan, but there's no real evil plan. It just goes, I want my bird. Yeah. I and want my got... bird. I want my bird. No, like, the, got... the, the scene, Hammer, by the way, seems to think that he's on, that he's, that Mickey, that, you know, Ivan Dranko, is Ivan Dranko? Dranko. Dranko. You're, you're getting confused between that and Drago. Yeah, Drago. So it's come out as Dranko. <laughs> yeah, Dranko. Uh, I Im must break you. Two of the best Schultz, characters. all over again. Two of, Im and Swaltz, two of the best characters we've ever reviewed. <laughs> Dranko and Swaltz. I do love Chris's way with words. You know, you know what? Dranko and Swaltz do sound like a good, good, good double act, doesn't it? Yeah, Dranko <laughs> and Swaltz. <laughs> The fast franchise spin-off we've all wanted. Nobody's <laughs> um, made. So that could be another thing we could have um have a Patreon for. You know, try that? and uh, fund the script starring Ivan Dranko and his Fox. Who are they funding? They're funding us to write a script. Yep. Jesus, what a waste of money. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's face it, the script writes itself. Uh so yeah. Um yeah, I he seems to think out of just from him attacking it with with the technology, seems to think that he's on like a an equal pairing to Tony. Like he's going to give it, like have it get get, get him the, the upper hand on him. And we don't know any of this. I mean, looking at him, he just you know he looks like Mickey Work for fuck's sake. Yeah. Like what gives you make what gives you the idea that he's a, he's somehow a big genius. Like, well, uh, I don't get the impression he is at all. He, he's he's understood the technology his father had a hand in creating, which means that he'd be able to reconstitute it to some degree, hmm. and that's about it. Tony can Tony can take ideas and develop them on because he fully understands it, and he's every bit the genius his father was, if not more so. I never get that from Vanko. I always think Vanko is just, he's just found like his father's work and gone, I can sort of do this. Mm. Yeah, I, I, can, I can pull shit together. Yeah. Um, so. I think at the same time we see them flying back from Monaco and, and they're watching um, the senator on like Fox, mm. New, Fox News or something. I've, I'm sure I saw Bill O'Reilly at some point. Yeah, that's yeah. When they're kind of saying, like, uh, "Who is the head of this that's, company?" That's later on. That's later on where like he's giving us strawberries. Is it the Bill O'Reilly bit? Yeah. Yeah, that's a bit later on. Yeah. Okay. Um, 
But I, I, at some point, he is complaining. Uh, Stern, the senator, is complaining that basically we've been lied to. He was saying there's no way this technology can be reconstituted. And there it is, you know, within days. And it's like, well, he's kind of right. <laughs> he is. So, yeah. Where do we go from there? Uh, um... So Tony, yeah. So Tony's Tony. On a play. Ha- Tony has to look into Vanko, doesn't he? Yeah. Don't know. I think Vanko's dead now. Oh, because he's all... broken out of prison. Yeah. So yes, but right, he, well, he's he's he still wants to know. He's, he still wants to know what happened, though. Who yeah. this guy was. Yeah. Um, um, and he, yeah, I think it mm. takes Nick Fury to to um, tell him later, doesn't it? Mm. Actually. He finds out who this Vanco guy was and that he was something to do with Stark, but I think that's about it at this stage. We don't quite know why this is a problem. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm having to look up a plot synopsis because I'm a bit lost on this section, actually. Yes, no, it is. He gets Jarvis to look into it. and they, I remember him sat in that old car in his workshop and looking at a screen. So I knew Jarvis was pulling up information on him, but I couldn't remember how much because Nick Fury tells him why they fell out mm. later. But he actually tells him that Vanko was Stark's partner and one of the co-founders and that Stark found out Vanko was conspiring to sell weapons, had him arrested for treason and deported for, for Russia. So basically the Stark family got um, them kicked out of um, the country deported back and basically imprisoned so that's why he wants revenge which is a bit thin to be fair simply because well like anyone would surely understand well yeah but he was committing treason yeah i mean you might be able to understand like why you know they wouldn't particularly like him or like, growing up from that environment like growing up from a resentful mm. hate-filled environment but it doesn't make you go like, oh, well, I understand his position because you're like, well, no, you're in the wrong to begin with. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I mean I'm I'm sympathetic to the, to the idea that he grew up on the on like, grew up on the wrong part of life, you know, like. Wrong yeah. Side of life. I mean, t- Tony's grown up in like lovely lovely homes in Malibu and stuff like yeah. that. So he's clearly not grown up in the same wealth. And, and that's not necessarily like his fault, you know, the fact that he's had he's had a harder life than Tony. But yeah, and he, like... he might think, well, he might think, well, you know, if he's com- if my father co-created it, I I should have a share in mm. all of this. So I get, I kind of get that. Yeah, but probably uh, maybe like you know, he, you know, he's but he's probably heard the side, his his dad's side a bit more, which probably makes paints him as a a more like guy who's been wronged mm. rather than the actual truth. So yeah. Um, I know Rhodey um, comes to visit him at this point because as he gets out of that car, he almost collapses. Mm. And Rhodey holds him up. And basically, we're we're, we're told that the military are, are really threatening to take the suits. Yeah, so you got like the military aspect of it, and you got like Justin Hammer aspect of it. Yeah. Like, Justin Hammer's like hiring Mickey Rourke to make him, make him stuff. Meanwhile, kind of. Getting involved with the with the military, which like he gets on an actual Stark suit. 
Yeah, you think, well, that would do. So the whole just... thing is just a bit confused. Like, hang on, what are we doing? Yeah, because when they when they when they show all the suits like later, mm. and Rhodes is stood at the front of that and saluting, you're thinking, well, if they were all in on it, why didn't they just take Tony's suits in that first place? It doesn't really. Yeah, it's a bit messy. Yeah, I mean, it, uh, it, it, what they should have done, really, was have, like, Justin Hammermore's, like, a mastermind kind of guy who, like, m- who, who did release uh, Dranker from, from prison to, to cut, to cause shit up, but while, at the same time, not having any actual, in, like, one-to-one involvement with him. You know, like, he, he masterminded it, but didn't actually sort of go, like, hey, why don't you work for me? <laughs> you know, it's, yeah. you know, he just yeah. kind of like almost like orchestrated it almost. That would have worked better because then it would have been more like, well, you know, it's not that's not my plan. That's this is my plan. But anyway, um, oh well, then we I think we must be coming up towards the birthday party now. Yeah, it's kind of along that lines. I mean, um, so Tony's obviously getting sick. He thinks like this is going to be my, my last party. Um, mm. Uh, Nat- Natasha, Natalie. Again, it, it's almost like I can sympathise with this. I, I can think to some degree in that there have been it. times in my life when I think I think of relationships where I've like ruined it a bit, and having thought I've kind of ruined this, I've then really fucking ruined it because you get like a fuck it, go, I'll fuck it attitude. I've already fucked this up. It's like let, let, let's fuck it up. Let, let's 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 fuck it good d- and proper. Let's. When you see it through that prism, it means, makes a kind of sense. Yeah. That you go, okay, why is he behaving this recklessly? I mean, it would be one thing to be hammered at this party and making a piss pot of himself and possibly press there and everything, but when he starts like firing the Iron Man suit at like watermelons and things like that and accidentally breaking glass and so on, well, and yeah. Thinking, this is a major accident waiting to happen. Well, if you look at it through the prism of really through the prism of fuck it, I'm, I'm fucked anyway, then it kind of makes sense. But the film does look through the prism of like Rhodey and you really do feel like, oh, fucking hell, Tony's gone off the deep end. Rhodey is already the, the problem. The, the caveat to what I've just said is Rhodey warned him in the last scene. Yeah. In the last scene, he said they're looking for any excuse to take this these things. The very next scene, Tony gives it gives him that excuse. Like, not only you told us this stuff couldn't be replicated, it it sort of is. We're getting there. You've also told us it's safe in your hands. And look at the state of you. Mm. You can totally, I totally understand why Rhodey goes to take the armor. Well, yeah, you feel like he's got no choice. Mm. Um. Because the guy he he's supposed to trust is like kind of letting him down, and something this like serious is like I've got to I've got to do it. Um, the yeah, scene's so, okay. I mean, he, you know, he, he he jokes. I don't know if he does it for real, but he jokes about pissing in his suit. Yeah, he's um, really hammered. He's like firing at things. He's showing off in the suit, and it, not knowing what to do, Rhodey goes downstairs and basically jumps in the Mark II armor. Which I was, which is a purely visual decision because the Mark III armor's down there as well. You think jump in that? Because Tony, because Tony at the start, right in the first film, you had the Mark I armor, which was the cave. You had the Mark II armor, which was the chrome. You had the Mark III, which was kind of the Iron Man suit for that film, if you like. 
at the start of this film, he was in the Mark IV, which is like a sleeker version of the three. Mm. Then you had the five, which was the suitcase. And then you've got the six later on. So there are five versions of the armor now. One you can discount because it's the crap one from the cave. So there's four versions. Tony's wearing one of them. Do you see where, mm. do you see where I'm going with this? One will be ruined because it got damaged in the Monaco fight, which leaves the Mark II and either the Mark III and Ford or Ford, depending on which one Tony is wearing. And he's actually jumped in the least technologically advanced because you can see the difference between them in an action sequence. That, <laughs> that always bothered me. I was like, why, why wouldn't he jump in? Why wouldn't he jump in effectively Tony's last set of armour? Because he, in the first one we looked at it and he said next time and he always like, had a soft spot for the silver. He had a soft spot for that silver one. Yeah. All right. Good enough. Yeah. I mean, that, that's all. That's all I've got. <laughs> that's all I can assume. Yeah. But... No. If I if if I hadn't said fair enough, then you'd have gone shit. I don't know what to say next. <laughs> yeah. But... All right. So this this fight's a bit of a stalemate, largely because um, Tony's drunk. Really. I thought I did think about the Abomination versus the Hulk again during this, just because I think one of the reasons I always wondered why he wanted to be the Abomination effectively. Mm. Um. And I think it's because he saw in the Hulk a perfect fighting machine. And he always said, if I had the body I had 10 years ago with what I knew now. And when he saw the Hulk, he was like, Christ, if I could do that. And actually, I think, well, if you put Rhodey in the armor versus Tony, identical armor, and they both knew how it worked, how would that actually go? Because Rhodey's a trained soldier. Mm. Would Rhodey actually be more competent in it? I don't know. But they fight each you, other you, to a bit of a standstill you, here to another think, one bites the dust by Queen. You think, but then Rhodey's probably maybe not necessarily like that well trick that that well versed to combat training, like as in hand to hand combat. He's probably more Air Force. Um but also regardless, I imagine fighting in a suit would be a whole lot different. You know, and an Iron Man suit would be a hell of a lot different to fighting not you know, because Tony himself, even though he does train now, but he isn't, um, shall we say, a, a trained fighter himself, is he? So the suit would largely do the work, so it's it's mostly down to that, really. And another four, you know. Um... So, yeah, um, effectively he gets away with the outfit, flies it out into the desert, and basically they've got a version of the Iron Man armour to work on. They get um, Hammer into sort of weaponize it don't they yeah pretty much um he, he basically adds a bunch of machine guns yeah more or less and then we cut to the scene that i liked more this time than i did the first time and i think it's because i was ready for it we cut to the sort of donut shop where um nick well nick's there and we're introduced to has natasha romanoff <laughs> black widow we find out she's a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent. And I will it's... say this scene truly sells the idea of being hungover to me, though. Yeah. He like, down, <laughs> down he really does, like, the way he stutters over some, certain sentences, like, mm. it just, like, yeah, that, that is... It's that, quite believable. That, he does put in... There have been many a times where I've been, like, in McDonald's having a, a Mackey's breakfast after... <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> doing like an all night or something like something stupid. Yeah, and she was assigned once they realised he was getting sick. Mm. So um, they they are aware 
um, yeah, they, 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 he, there's a bit of um, talk there about how he's tried various things and it needs a new element. He's tried every element and he basically needs to invent a new one. Uh, Fury talks to him a little bit more about Vanko and Howard Stark. Um, and Coulson comes to stay. Yeah, and they provide him with some of some of his father's own old stuff. And Coulson's with him while he sort of seeks to look into what's going on. And there's a message from his father, but I can't remember what's in that message, other than it makes Tony sort of go and find the original 1970s um, Stark Expo plans. Mm. Well, it's it's always been a thing that like you know Tony's always thought that his dad hated him. Yeah. So he's always had like a a, a begrudging, but it was basically it was archetype of like a, a father who never displayed his love, but honestly did. So it's like I think what what it was it was like a, a B movie role of him saying giving like a message to his son that basically said you know you're the best best thing I ever I ever created. Yeah, that was like. Tony Stark is, is the greatest creation. But I think that's yeah. really heartwarming. Especially because um, obviously... Oh, who is it that plays him in um, Agent Carter? Um, British actor. Oh, Dominic, um, Dominic, Dominic Cooper. Cooper. Yeah, Dominic, what's his face? Um, <laughs> yeah, no, also, you know, we kind of see the other side of, 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 um, of his character as well. The guy here yeah. is best known for Mad Men. Yeah, Tony Slattery. Not Tony Slattery, John Slattery. Don't say Tony. I was a bit stunned when they suddenly had a game of party quirks. I'm, I'm... <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm not gonna lie. When when they when they when they cast this, when it's like announced, I didn't know who he was, but I just saw the surname Slattery and thought, I wonder if that's any relation to Tony. <laughs> yeah, okay. Also, being a fan of um, you know British sketch shows late at night, um, yeah, John Slattery from from Mad Men. Um, he's done a few you know other things besides, but yeah, that's kind of over here. That's what he'll you know he'd be most most known for. Um, so Tony, yeah, no, that's quite interesting. So yeah, Tony's in workshop mode now, basically trying to create a new element, and they they kind of pull this out of their ass, don't they? Really, I like that graphic that he uses. Looks good. To discover that element, yeah, it's got very um. What when he pulls the um um. He does part. a scan of the he does a scan of the plans and then starts yeah, manipulating everything. it. Yeah. Yeah. Never really understood what he was doing there, but it's effectively a drawing of an element. Pretty much, yeah. It was. I always took it. It was like you know, his dad had the blueprint, but he was confined by the technology of his time. Yes, that's uh, what the film's trying to tell us. So yeah. it obviously does get that across because we we've understood it, but it does seem a bit pulled out of their ass, really. But there you go. Yeah. And um, then and then Coulson tells him he's got to go and promote the next film. <laughs> yeah. This is yeah. franchise filmmaking before Marvel really understood it. To yeah, be honest, knew what to do. Yeah, yeah it's absolutely. like Coulson says, "I've, I've, I've got, I've got to go, I've got to go to, uh, I've got to go to the, uh, the what, what's going to be the, the end, end credit scene." Yeah. yeah. Um. So I trying to think of something quite obviously had Bond, um, and obviously like Star Trek, um. I just had like a really stupid idea pop up in my in my brain, so I'm kind of thinking, actually, no, that can't be right. Um, but you know, what, what what other examples have we seen of like a film franchises that have been this? Far? Obviously, Disney, maybe. Obviously, Bond, um, Star Trek, well, Star Wars. That you know, 
but every kind of every couple of years, in which case, you know, every every like, year, for example. I think um, I think this is the closest to Bond, and uh, yeah, and I, and I don't mean that in in terms of in terms of themes or the fact that it, the number of films there is. In, t- in terms of like legacy, yeah, and what, that's what I was and thinking. You haven't seen anything like this, and before. what it, it will probably mean to like um, other like future generations grow, growing up. I, you know, you know, I, I always, I, I did think this while while watching this. Like, um, Marvel is basically going to be like a new Bond in the sense that kids will grow up like watching like the new like Marvel films. Like, oh, which one's this one? Oh, this one's got four in. Oh, which one's this one? Oh, this yeah. one with Captain America. Which is the first one you saw? Well, cr- it was yeah, Chris yeah, this kind of thing. And it works because it's a shared universe, but. Mm. It also works because it's different because every film has its own thing going on. They're not all the same characters. It's not all the, all this. No, they I mean, can be Bond, part of that universe and stand alone. Bond did that to a degree by, you know, cha- by changing changing its bonds every every so often, and the style changed with it at times. You know, it, you know, it, you know, each Bond kind of has its own flavor, so to speak. Mm. Um, so, in a in a really broad general way, this is the closest thing. That touches Bond, um, so yeah, it makes sense for us to review it, obviously. But yeah, no, just trying to think of what, in, in terms of like you know, a studio. This is obviously very new, and the studio perhaps you know hadn't done this before. But I was trying to think in terms of films put you know on general release that have been part of like a long, white you know, very long ranging series. Obviously, Bond is like it's obviously been dethroned in terms of like the the most financial financially successful series. Um, but in terms of long running, it's going to go on for another and ever. Amen. Hopefully, um, fifty plus years in the can is certainly the most long winded. Um, but yeah, I just think you know, as we're only a few films in, um, Marvel's still kind of not not learning the ropes, obviously, um, but still trying to how to work out whilst you know work out what they're doing as well as just to repeat what you said earlier, Dave, building that world um, and obviously trying to tie everything in at the point you know sowing the seed and laying the germ of I'm trying not to say it, of the Avengers movie, which is is coming. Um, So I think, yeah, that kind of has has a lot to do with it as well, where it does seem very kind of like very misplaced. It's it's trying to do, trying to have all its balls up in the air, if that makes sense. I know, but I mean, he didn't take a phone call at the end of um, From Russia With Love and say, Goldfinger, you Hello, Goldfinger calling. (laughs) Though I always thought he should have done. (laughs) Sounds like a French nail polish. (laughs) <laughs> at the end of Goldfinger, massively speeded up shit action. You say, "I'll look into it." I'm there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, and shows up like sort of like, yeah, we got you know, got this guy. Ooh, likes to paint gadgets. things gold. Yeah, at the end I'll of All the Secret <laughs> Service, uh, massively camp. You say, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. "I'll look into it." <laughs> yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Um, I think well the only, the only film that did that within Bond is obviously Casino Royale and, and Quantum, but yeah, that, yeah, it doesn't really happen like that. But yeah, I think that's a bit that's a bit cheesy, but only because the obviously they're they trying Royale. to. You can't the the viewers can't see what's going on. You say, <laughs> not look into it. Hastily edited chopping scenes. You say, hold on a minute. Let me slow this down. Completely v- vaguely fucking... disappointing <laughs> sequel. At the end of Quantum, physically fucked, you say? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll get my editing on. Yeah, 
Okay. So, so to make the past two hours completely irrelevant, you say? <laughs> <laughs> Daniel Craig, I'll do it. <laughs> At the end of Die Another Day. Fuck off, you say. <laughs> <laughs> I'll look into it. <laughs> I won't be looking into it. Yeah. Somebody else will look into that. <laughs> All right, where do we go from here then? So we, we he creates this element in an afternoon. Fair enough. Or I hated that. Always have. Never liked it, but that's okay. He's 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 survived now. He's fine. This thing's way more powerful as well. Um, at the same time, they've. I think of... he's given a re- um, a call. You know, um, you know, the Russian. Russian right. Rip Man um, has given him a call to say, like, I'm still alive, even though he's... You know, he's... Two mighty beaties and some hot wings. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah, even, even though he's got his bird and still... Not, I'm not even sure if it actually was his, but I, I don't know. I yeah. don't know. I'm looking forward to the fun fact, though. Um... Another film, you say? Are you Thor? <laughs> Um, uh, okay, so they've created the new drones and everything else, which Hammer unveils at the expo. And I'm thinking, this is Tony's expo. How did he book a splot? <laughs> I, and, I, and I, I, guess, I guess other people have other things going on. Well, he walks on and does like an alley shuffle as well. I don't know if yeah. you spot him. He does a little alley shuffle as he walks on. And then he says, that's better with the, better than girls dancing or something like that. And I was thinking, you've just come to his event and you're throwing shade. Yeah, yeah and that he's quite weaselly and quite unlikable. Yeah, yeah. He, he says a line that doesn't land. Well, they What's are going to run out of ink. And everyone's yeah, like weird. looking at each other going like, what? What's that mean then? Yeah, that <laughs> mean? I'm still not sure. Again, it's like, you know, and he's supposed to be like the main villain. And yeah. we're just like, right. Yeah. Okay. But he's, he's, he's sort of locked Vanko away somewhere and Vanko's hacked into this stuff. Mm. So he interview he introduces the new drones and there's they're 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 basically yeah automated and they they're some for the army, some for the air force, some for the marines I think, something like that, or some for the navy, some for the marines, something like that. And Rhodey lands in front of it as basically what we now know as war machine. And Vanko hacks in. Oh, and Tony arrives and lands right in front of it. And I'm the, the first thought I had was, take your dirty washing somewhere else, folks. Because <laughs> if no one had hacked into anything, would they have stood there and had like a little fucking girly argument about it? Excuse me, this is my expo. Excuse me. I know. Yeah, I mean, th- thinking about it, you know, Tony's done exactly what Vanko wanted. Yeah. Because, you know, what if Tony hadn't showed up? He yeah. would have like he would have gone. He was oh. gonna kill. <laughs> yeah, and, and and what's it? What's Tony turned up to do? He doesn't know anyone can hack into this or has hacked mm. into this. What's he gonna do? Start smashing this stuff up? I, I don't understand what Tony's even doing there. The ends justify the means in that he's immediately needed, but we couldn't have known that. He couldn't have known that. <laughs> Excuse me. He couldn't have known that. Yeah, I guess you're kind of right. I, I I guess it I guess it just sort of like and there's something doesn't smell right, kind Maybe. of thing. Um, okay. But anyway, Vanko has um, hacked in, and they go looking for Vanko, don't they? Mm. Um, um, 
Black Widow yeah. and Happy, Happy go looking. Yeah, go looking for him. They arrive at a building. This whole action sequence is for nothing. It's quite funny in that they get through the door and Happy gets into a massive slugfest with one guy. And at the end of that, he looks up and says, I've got him. And she's already beat up like another 11. Yeah. She's gone like corridor, that. like, taking But when out, they like... get into the room, Vanko's no longer there. So mm. it was all a waste of time. Well, no, because she manages to... Um, uh... Oh, does she break... Yeah. Oh, is it her that breaks the... Well, she okay. will have done, yeah. It would have been, like, because like, she she'll have access to his computer then. Okay, so they, she, she would have been there to crack the... So it's not all for nothing. All right, um, so the, but the drones have kicked off, and basically it's Stark and, and um, Rhodes, basically yeah. after uh, against all of them, and it looks good for a while. It kind of looks good for a while. This is the retcon as well that that kid's meant to be Spider Man as well. Is it? Where the, yeah, that kid in an Iron Man mask who puts his hand up to a drone, and Tony lands behind, blows when the drone away, and says this? no shoot. Well, around the time Homecoming was cast. Ugh. That's now meant to be Peter Parker, but they couldn't have known that at the time. No, obviously. they didn't. But... So, it's, so it is because the creative minds say it is. They kind of reckoned it, it in, isn't. haven't they? Yeah. It's a yeah, I just, I don't really like that kind of, re- oh, let's go over and let's just say it is now. Yeah. Like, if they say it is, they're the creative minds. Like so, it, it is. I know, but it's just yeah, kind Tom of. Tom Holland said, "Oh yeah, I, I can confirm that that is meant well, to be Peter Parker." How can, you, like, how can really? you say that years on? I mean, but what gets me is like, how does this matter? How does this impact the series at all? Yeah, does it? Does it really matter? Doesn't. Um, it's, a, it's an Easter egg. Years on. Yeah. It's just, uh, God. That that kind of yeah that annoys me. So they destroy all the Jones, and I got I had a problem with that because they landed kind of this arboretum area, and he does it with this one weapon, doesn't he? This yeah. one sort of laser that comes out of his arm, I think it is. Which is pretty plays... cool. And Rody quite rightly says, "I've next you should leave that next time." Yeah, we well, could and have he's done. Like, well, I can, I'm sorry, I can only do it once. Yeah, but that's all you fucking need. Yeah. <laughs> do it on stage, you fucking idiot. All you had to do was say to me, "Get out the way." <laughs> <laughs> that would have been it. Uh, oh. <laughs> One line, shh, done. <laughs> yeah, so Hammer's arrested. Oh, um, before that, um, yeah, War Machine lands in kind of an upgraded version of his armour. The only funny joke is when he fires that fucking missile at him yeah. and just bounces off him and just farts into the water. But that, That's cool. But that, yeah, but that just, that just sort of sells how just the Hammer's just a complete joke. And it's just like, I get I, you know, he's meant to be the villain. He shouldn't be that. He should. He should. He shouldn't be. He should be dangerous. Yeah. Like the like the fact that he's not Tony and the. Oh and, my and, god! And, and Hammer's. It, yeah, it should be. Oh my god! Hammer's been involved with this. Yeah. It's not, like not. Oh well. It's, Hammer, it's like he it? should be recklessly dangerous and yeah. should be like, okay, this guy will literally do anything to get yeah. one up. Whereas on actually, what he's recklessly built is a decent so, outfit, but, particularly by the time Tony gets at it and improves it later, but. Mm. That is broadly War Machine as we know him, and most of it works, but the big stinger that he's supposed to use doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and they, they end up doing um, a trip from earlier where they fire the repulsors at each other, mm. and it creates a big explosion and takes down Vanko. Here, here's, the, here's the thing, though. Here's the thing that... Um, it's, a, it's a big trope. 
But you know the thing where, like, uh, it's like that predator thing. It's like, I'm going to give you a countdown. <laughs> you know, I'm dying, but really, I've got last laugh. It's like, well, Dan Tony could just fly out of there like, in, in just, like, a second. Yeah. And, and you've left, like, a timer. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you plenty of time here. It's not like Arnold. He's got like how like however like a maybe minute thirty seconds to to peg it from a, like a nuke or something. You know, it's like well, you know, good luck trying to get away from that. You know, yeah. it's you know, it's 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 like well, that, that's quite easy. It's it's only by chance that Pepper's still around, ne- yeah. conveniently next to one, that makes it more of a threat. Which he wouldn't have known that. And that's actually pretty well done. He flies in to yeah. get her out of there. That's pretty. That's pretty well done. Yeah. But that's it. And then they go and fly over and land on that roof, which is the building um, he grew up in, Favreau, because he said that's basically the view I grew up with on the on the um, commentary. Oh really? Yeah. So 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 you grew up like observing the uh, Stark Expo. Well, whatever was whatever's <laughs> there. Yeah. Yeah, he did. Pretty obvious oh. he was going to direct an Iron Man yeah, film. Yeah, yeah, I suppose it was always meant to be, wasn't it? Uh, yeah. That was it, it she was fate. Um, and then we go, so that's that. That's that's it in terms of all the fucking threat and all that. Vanko's dead. Uh, Hammer's in custody. Uh, Pepper and Tony are sort of together. Yeah. Loki's war machine. Um, and then it's a debriefing with Nick Fury, which if you look at the screens behind him, that park fight from the Incredible Hulk's happening. Oh, right, okay. It's happening at the same time as the events of the Incredible Hulk. So that makes sense about him going, right, yeah, I take back what I said then. What do you mean? Because I was saying, like, it doesn't make sense how, like, Tony Tony's not, in the beginning, in, in Incredible Hulk, he's he's out, he's always in, and then and this film, he's kind of, like, I'm not even remotely interested. But if this film is actually supposed to have, like the bar to... scene is after that but yeah. again he's just a consultant why is he i don't know yeah. they tell him he's unsuitable and they want him as a consultant and again there was talk of his salary demands around here and it's just that i just feel like it's art trying to borrow from life mm-hmm. like let's get you ready for he might not be in it that much and that was still a possibility mm-hmm. i think until whedon came on board and and well we'll talk about that when the avengers comes around because basically Downey Jr. talked himself into being the main player in that film. Um, so they give him medals. Stern presents him and basically stabs him as he put, with the medal as he puts it on. Uh, that was quite a good one. Like, oh, you know, I know Just what a little prick can be. Yeah. Um Yeah, which just with his big puffy face, God bless him. Made me think of Blackadder. <laughs> Just a little prick. I haven't got one there. No, one. No, just a prick on your finger. I haven't got one there. Um, and that's it. We go to credits, and then the post-credit scene. Uh, Coulson arrives at a crater, rings in, and says, "We found it, and it's Monia." Yeah. yeah. Hammer Falls course. hammer. Yeah. Dun dun dun. Dun 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 dun. And that's it. Iron Man two. Final thoughts, folks. Yeah, good fun, but under well, underdeveloped due to machinations going on with Marvel, not knowing what to do with their shit, basically. But yeah. anyway, yeah, 
I think ScarJo is the big draw for me in this film because she is pretty cool and kicks ass. Um, and I got a fun fact about her coming up shortly. I think I know what it would what it be. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's. It, I. I think we all pretty much feel the same about. It. I think Dave's boy a bit more negative than anyone here, but we all kind of feel the same. It's just a wasted opportunity. Like it, it's a bit of a letdown from the first one. Um, but you know there are ideas here that you just think, oh my god, this could be a better film. There's talent on screen which deserves better. But that being said, it, you know it's a, it is a mess. It isn't boring, and um, there were worse superhero films at, at the end of the day. And this does this makes at least Marvel, as you say, Dave gets its mistakes done early, and it's um, we we are yet yet to see better. Or worse, if you like, yeah. We've yet to see them do any worse than yeah, this. Yeah. I mean, I think <clears throat> I think that's the point that you know, for everything I said, which I agree with, you know, maybe overstated a, a tad. I don't know, but you know, if this is the worst Marvel ever give us, then we're pretty lucky because this isn't that horrific. I mean, it's it it feels it at times. It was a huge letdown in two thousand and ten. It's a mess. Um, but it's got a, it's got a lot of a list starts you know stardom in it. It's got some star power and draw and charisma that was kind of lacking last week. So how do I rank an absolute mess that's full of like that's got its charms against a quite dour but cohesive film like we had last week? I don't know. We're, we're gonna months before I have to make that call really. Um, yeah, there are worse. I mean, it, it's nowhere near as bad as any of the Fantastic Four films. Uh, there are several X-Men films that are worse than this. Um, some of the DC films yeah, are a lot worse. Yeah, you've some of the later X-Men movies which are worse, unfortunately. Which ones, sorry? Like, well, some of the later X-Men films that have... Yeah, I mean... The most recent for, ones. X-3. I'd watch this, well, X-3, yes. but Apocalypse. Apocalypse you know, is terrible. Stuff like oh, that. my God. Oh, my um, God. In terms of, like, the main series, I know they've had spin-offs like X-Men Origins Wolverine, which was awful. Um you know, so several of them are worse. Some of the DC films, in fact, mo- most of the DC films are worse than this. You know, the two, or th- a couple aren't, but most are. Yes, the Dark so... Knight's a bag of shit. <laughs> yeah, I meant extended universe. Another day, but you know, you know, a couple, a couple of the Superman films, the earlier ones, are, are worse than this. So, it's it's not that bad in the whole scheme of things. But as Marvel films go, this is about as bad as they ever did it because they rushed it. Uh, they didn't have the, the sort of um, machinery of sort of filmmaking probably up and running as efficiently as they do now. I think, yeah, they, they rushed it out two years after and they didn't know whether they wanted it to be a sequel to the first one, whether they wanted to take the character on or whether they wanted to hold it in amber for the Avengers. It, it, there's way too much um, promotion of the of future films going on here and they, they don't they do it a lot more subtly now. Subtle might be the wrong word, but they certainly fit it into its place a bit more effectively now than they did here. So it's a real mess. I, I can't be too positive about this film. The way the vi- the villains are poor, the action at the end is disappointing. It's beautiful, but the way they take down the drones and Vanko is just such an anticlimax. Whiplash was was hyped up as a character, certainly in the hands of Mickey Rourke, who was hot news after the wrestler, and all of that was a letdown. Yeah, that I was think... meant to be like his next big thing, wasn't it? Because that was the wrestler was very much like his comeback after all his, all his problems, alcoholism yeah. and, and personal problems as well. And plus, yeah. um, 
various other health issues and this was kind of like his next best thing which I would have liked to see more to him actually um, I think the rest of the show that you know he really did have chops and he, that's quite interesting about him and Robert Downey Jr obviously they both came to prominence like during during the 80s um, coming from similar sort of you know that's sort of the era in which they kind of both became famous um, but, you know it's a shame that we don't really see more you know, for him just showing that with the rest of that show that he did have like acting jobs and could actually pull off a good performance. But it's a great shame, but hey ho, it is what it is. Yeah, there are mm. like parallels, aren't there, between Robert Downey, like kind of similar mm. arcs, isn't there? But yeah. They kind of have, you know, have problems with, with substance misuse and I mean, to be honest, I don't really know much about them beyond that. Um, but they've kind of, you know, they've gone through it and come out the other side. Um, and yeah, there are similarities between them, really. Yeah, I mean, Mickey Rourke sort of quit acting at one point and started boxing. That's one of the reasons. Exactly, that's why. Yeah, then the wrestler definitely. Yeah, you that's know, why he had the, lots of the, um, plastic surgery, didn't he? But the wrestler was a really, really. Uh, it was a better performance than film, but it was a good film as well. Oh, definitely. Um, and Marissa Tomei was really good in it as well. And mm. and it, you know, it's just it's just a, a very good piece of work. So there was a lot of hype around him coming into this. There was talk before, because originally they were openly negotiating with him. And he said no to start with because they offered him, typically for Marvel in this era, a pathetic sum of money. Um, but they eventually got him on board, and it's a huge anticlimax, all of it. But I'm I'm almost more angry about two other factors: the the waste of Sam Rockwell, who I consider one of the talents of his generation, and also presenting us to us a character who went through such an arc in the first film and having be such an asshole for the vast majority of this film, even in scenes where I think he's meant to be innocently charming. You know, there's meant to be a swagger to him, but I, I don't think he was meant to come off as such an asshole in that Senate hearing, for example. So it, it is a mess. It's as bad as Marvel have done, or it's certainly right near the bottom. But if you take all that aside for a moment and just say in the whole scheme of things with superhero films, there's a lot worse than this. And, and there's still plenty to enjoy in it. So it's another one that is certainly, don't avoid it, it's perfectly fine. We're middling somewhere. I just looked up on boxofficemojo.com, obviously, for American. I think in terms of, like, from Marvel Comics stable, um, it is, where is it, number 17? But then it, that, that includes things like the, you know, human series, um... Howard the Duck, um, Punisher, like that, all of their properties. Um, this film, this film did about the 40, six, obviously. It did about forty million more than the first film. It did about six hundred and twenty-three. Yeah, like so uh, yeah, point, Iron Man is at number fourteen. Yeah. Iron Man two is number seventeen. Um, Iron Man three is number five on the, on their list. Yeah, well, Iron Man three did phenomenally well. But yeah, we'll that was that was amazing. That down the week, uh, I have problems with time. a certain character in that, which I shall reveal next time. Okay. Um, yeah, don't. Oh, next well, time. not next time when we come to do it. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I, I do from memory think Iron Man 3 is a better film than this, but I have problems with that as well. They really have actually only nailed Iron Man in a solo film in his first one. But, um, That's where you need to it, nail it, really. It, this could be an awful lot worse. And the main thing was they got the first one right because that's what kick-started the universe. And they recovered from this. They did recover. And it's not an, it's not a disgrace or anything. It's just a, okay, if you're going to tease future films, you've got to be a bit smarter about it than this. But um, I think what helped at the time is because this hadn't been done before. Mm. Uh, no, exactly, yeah, exactly. Like, this is what I was trying to get at earlier. Like, yeah, uh, it's like Marvel hadn't... Marvel wasn't... Marvel as we know now so 
so this was bit this had the luxury of being oh well, well it's just a, another disappointing sequel we're kind of used to them <laughs> Yeah. yeah. So it, you know, it, it kind of had the, you know, it was almost like, oh well, we'll we'll see what happens and we'll it, see, it, see, it, see what the got, team ups like if they get to it. It, it did get me worried for team ups because I thought if this is how they they you know try and build cohesive universes, they they're getting it mm. wrong. Um, and the two films that followed, I had some issues with as well, which we'll come to. Although I particularly, I've grown to really like one of them. So when we came into the Avengers, my my hopes were actually fairly low. My, the hype level was high. I was desperate to see it, but I was ready to be very, very disappointed. Um, and I think actually that stemmed from this film. But um, it's not that bad. But maybe so, I would appreciate it more if I knew more about it, Chris. Well, there was a part of me that did think that maybe about the event, like about the Avengers, it still might not happen because you don't know. Because it's like these these films are based on like success and appetite. So if the other films don't do that well, it's like oh. mm. um, yeah. But I still feel uninformed. I don't yeah, know. Yeah, if... I think my disdain for this film is just complete lack of knowledge. Yeah, maybe if you knew more, or maybe yeah. if you knew some. Maybe if you were told some facts in a fun way. I think they've got to be fun though, because I just I don't want a data dump of just like boring facts that yeah. yes I know more, but I have still haven't felt the joy. <laughs> yeah, well, I, don't, I don't have a fact about anybody who died in this film. Well, well, I, know, okay. I, know, I know there was, well, there the was D, very the D, sad. The, yeah, the DJ. The, the, the DJ did. Yeah. I don't have a fun fact about him, unfortunately. So. Okay. What, the DJ? Yeah. Really? Yeah, there's, there's a film. Um, it was his last performance in, in this film. Um, and afterwards, the, you know, the, the film was dedicated to him. In the Stark Mansion. When... <laughs> it, uh, it, it had, it, he was using Palladium. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Palladium oh, yeah. No, he was very poor. He passed away. So. Oh. He had a drink. Uh, he had a, I think he had an alcohol problem. DJ AM, is it? DJ AM, that's all. Ad- Adam Goldstein. Oh, okay. Anyway, not a very fun fact. No. Well, that, that's made me love the film more because it was light and fun. So, yes, fun facts. Number one, Mickey Rock actually designed much of his characters, like features, like himself, so like the bird, um, the gold teeth, tattoos. Like He did a lot of research into his character. Um, did he make you show up off. as himself, though? He did. I was like, oh, I got these tattoos. What my book? I've designed his face. He looks like Mickey Rourke. <laughs> he looks like me, funnily enough. Yeah. What's theme tune? The theme tune. Um. Yeah. He put a lot of um, a lot of in, you know, a lot of research into it. And apparently, I was reading some interviews and said they even like bought and paid for the gold teeth himself out of his own pocket. Crazy dude. Then they say the links you go to for a role. Uh, fun fact number two, uh, first fact about ScarJo, um, I'm talking about one of ScarJo now, very long name. Um, yeah, I apparently trained six weeks prior to the filming and also throughout the whole six months of shooting this film in preparation for the role. Uh, fun fact number three, obviously as we mentioned Elon Musk earlier in the show, Hammer's factory is actually Elon Musk's SpaceX in, um, facility in California. And fun fact number four, this is Scarlett Johansson's third appearance in, turn the page, comic book films, previous ones being 2001's Ghost World and The Spirit in 2008, also where she worked underneath Samuel L. Jackson. I remember seeing that in the cinema, not knowing what it was, or Marvel films, for example, and thinking this is a little junk. But, hey-ho. <laughs> what do I know? Um, and obviously, fun fact number five, Ken Brenner directed the post credit sequence in which it sets up Thor with Mjolnir, the feet of the hammer. 
And I've got a lot of praise to say about that film later on. I think. And Ken Brenner, who I love. That, that's, yeah, but I think that's um, that, that's generally what, what happens, isn't it? Like, the, the, yeah, the director yeah, yeah, of the actual film... Well, they yeah. were filming Thor, so yeah, he yeah. just did that little bit, yeah. Because um, I think didn't Josh Whedon do the the post credit sequence for Thor? Captain. Yeah. Um, no, Cap- Captain yeah, that's, America. That's kind of like passing the torch over to the next director, saying, "Okay, this this part." Oh no, because the one at the end of Captain America was effectively a trailer, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, the one at the end of Thor. Yes, he did. Mm. Um, but um. I do have another fun fact. I don't know if you yeah. guys are aware, but um, yeah. Scarlett Johansson wasn't the first choice. Ah, I no. do know this. I do know who was as well. Emily yes. Blunt. Yeah, that would have been interesting. Emily Blunt. They showed some some artwork of a certain take of um, Black Widow, and it looked like quite a lot like Emily Blunt in terms mm. of look. She was closer. So when ScarJo turned up into it, momentarily I was disappointed. I'm not now, obviously. And it isn't because I particularly prefer Emily Blunt. It's just I got that in my head that that was Black Widow. So, yeah, now, now she is Black Widow. You know, it's like you, it's like you, you wait for Sean Connery, wait for Sean Connery, wait for Sean Connery. Oh, it's Pierce Brosnan. All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're always going to be trying. Like, say for example, in ten, twenty years, they remake these films. It will be like you know, which, which version did you grow up with? Then who will be the new Black Widow? Or for example, Iron Man. Um, because, well, because well, you know they're, they're probably not going to make another Wolverine film um, with Hugh Jackman in it now. Yeah. Um, should, should they ever go back and, and revisit that property? Oh, they, um, they will have certainly have a go. They will certainly oh, yeah, have no, a definitely. go at some point. Um, and even you know, sort of thinking of, of leaving the, the Iron Man role um, is RDJ. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. I can't. I think he's too well established in that role in that universe now. Yeah, I think exactly. I think it'll make more sense just to kind of like retire the character, move on to other, move on to other characters. Um, but in regards to um, I've forgotten her name now, uh, Emily Blunt, it would have been a complete different take. I can't see the the same kind of the way the characters played as, as uh, Scarlett Johansson does. I can no. imagine it would be a completely different character. I can't, I can't picture Emily Blunt in The Winter Soldier. Yeah. But she'd have done it and it would have been fine. It'd be, she's more known for like drama and rom-com kind of roles. I'm looking forward to seeing I, her as Mary Poppins. I imagine it would be more similar to how she was in um, uh, that Tom Cruise movie. Um, the, uh, uh, Edge of Tomorrow. Yes. Yeah, she was really good in that. It would be yes. probably more similar to like that. I would have thought, um, but hey, yeah, I don't know. We can only speculate. But yeah. yeah, there you are. I had a fun fact, everyone. Hey, yeah. yeah, that was fun. It was fun, and it was a fact. So well, you set out. You set out. Like, you achieved what like, you wanted to I do. I feel like I've got to do one now. Then, so uh, the first choice for Iron Man in this film was Robert Downey Jr. on the basis he played, he played oh. him in the last one and it would have been fucking stupid to change it. <laughs> That's fun, folks! But it's fun, then. It was a it's, just think so, if they know. did that, that would have set the president of, like, well, let's just change actors each change time. Change actors each time, yeah. <laughs> Roger, Roger Moore was still alive. Roger Moore as Iron Man. Oh, Roger Moore could have popped up as... Um, 
as Tony Stark's title finger thumbs. Or he could have popped up. They could have done a title sequence, and he could have popped up like he looked in <laughs> um, the Spy Who Loved Me. Because oh, he yeah. did that in Bond films, he should just pop up in everything. Hello, <laughs> I'm Roger Hello, yeah. I. Well, oh, Rodi and Iron Man having a fight, and he just he just walks onto the side of the screen. He just says, "Bottoms up." <laughs> <laughs> a water pistol. <laughs> or, or when um. Speak now or forever hold your <laughs> peace. When when Natalia shows up, oh and. That was always supposed to do credit, Mister Bond. Do, 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 I will say this for Roger: he he does rock a goatee. <laughs> yeah, he does. I just thinking like you know, him playing ro- uh, happy or something, and getting punched by ScarJo, and all you hear is oof, oof. <laughs> 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 Okay, well, I'll start with you can find me at the Pasty Kid nineteen seventy six on Twitter. Uh, you can find me at Cinematrox on Twitter. You can also find this podcast and all the old episodes on the website at Cinematrox.co.uk, as well as iTunes and Stitcher. And you can follow us on Twitter at Expect Us a Talk. You can drop us an email, expect us talk at gmail.com. And we're also on Facebook and YouTube and Podbean and other unlikely places. Still not on Instagram or Sexy we don't we don't take any pictures. That's why. Because we're too glamorous to see. Uh, they were yeah, shut down. Yeah. Faces for radio, I'm afraid. <laughs> well, I can't even manage to get that far, but never mind. Um, so yes, yes, we are on iTunes. Please, you know, if you want to listen to, if you want to go back to the very beginning of Juicebox's talk, check us out. Probably best on Chris's page. Um, as yeah, episodes are fast appearing off like iTunes, but you can still honestly find us on YouTube. And yeah, please give us a listen, give us a glowing five star review, helps us to rank up higher and attract more lovely listeners. Thank you. Okay, so lovely listeners, they're not horrible listeners. Marvel about to take a very sort of big chance and sort of move more into the sort of realm of magic and so on, which means Becca. I can't wait. Do you expect to talk or return with Thor?